Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Rise and grind, ladies and gentlemen. It's about to get bumpy. Time to attack and dominate. This is Morning Juice with Brandon Beam and Bobby Carpenter. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Morning Juice. I'm Mark Shark, filling in for the vacationing Brandon Beam, who is enjoying a late July trip with wife Meredith in Michigan. Jensen Lewis joins us from Cleveland. He's filling in for Bobby Carpenter, who is with uh, wife Courtney and their four kids down in Florida on the shores of the Gulf of Mexico today. And Bodie Wells is producing today and all this week. Jay Lou, of course, a uh, former Indians reliever, now the great co-host with Al Pulowski on the Tribe's pregame and postgame uh, shows on Valley Sports Great Lakes. He fills in for us from time to time. Always enjoy having him here. And Jensen, I know you got to be a little tired this morning, my friend. <laughs> oh, I'm tired of blowing these late leads in oh, July. I can tell you that. Oh, that was terrible last night. Uh, good to be with you, buddy. Uh, going to be a fun couple of days here. I guess we missed the memo that uh, late July, that's uh, vacationing for uh, the, new, yeah. the, uh, the the uh, betrothed there. So uh, that's good. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have some fun this week. But yeah, man, a lot going on. Um, I, I did not uh, realize that uh, the men's basketball team finally covered uh, in the Olympics, which uh, death <laughs> yeah. taxes in the Olympic team, you know, they, they should be able to do that. So they sneak past Iran today, uh, mm-hmm. 120 to 66, you know, little, Thir- uh, little uh, get right game. 35 point favorite Jay Lou and they win by 54. I hope you had money on that game. <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't win that one and cover, then, then we have real problems. Well, anyway, I know uh, you got out of the ballpark late last night, up early this morning. The good news is that you have an afternoon game today, so you're going to get plenty of sleep tonight. Uh, tough loss last night. My gosh, I, uh, they were sailing a long 2-1 to lead in the seventh, thanks to Hosey's two-run shot in the fourth. Uh, got got two outs in that seventh, and, and a, a huge base-running mistake by the Cardinals uh, when Tommy Edmond was thrown out at third. But then Matt Carpenter singles, Paul DeYoung homers off Brian Shaw, and uh, that one-run lead turns to a one-run deficit, and the Cardinals go on to win 4-2. to two. This was a very uh, winnable game, Jensen. Yeah, it was. And uh, you look at uh, just kind of this on uh, on a 30,000-foot level, you get Cal Quantrill now basically finishing the month of uh, July with five games of uh, five starts of five or more innings uh, and and three runs or less. And, and that's uh, a, just a testament to him being able to run with this opportunity that he's had with all the injuries in the rotation. But he has looked sensational. Third consecutive start where he's allowed one run or less. And uh, you, you said it. They had every, every opportunity uh, to be able to put this one away. But Brian Shaw gives up a go-ahead two-out, two-run homer to the nine-hole hitter in Paul DeYoung. And then uh, back into this bullpen as far as uh, Phil Maton uh, can't Ugh. get the control. And uh, it goes from a one-run to a two-run deficit in the ninth inning. So uh, always tough uh, when you when you get that extra breathing room uh, to be able to come back. So the, the the bigger issue here is that's the sixth loss 
just by the bullpen in the month of July. And this has been as stalwart a group as any yep. in big league baseball. And it's a big reason why they're only five, six games out of a playoff spot, even with you know, basically the entire rotation on the IL. So uh, it, it was a tough one because, as you said, very winnable game. Now you got to bounce back and a quick turnaround today and be able to split the series. Yeah, and it was almost, for a while there, it was a throwback game with uh, Wayne Wright and Quantrill yeah. working really fast. First seven <laughs> yeah. innings, I swear, I look up the clock and it was like <laughs> 10 after night. It was a two-hour game. <laughs> and then it just kind of ground to a halt, uh, especially with Phil Maton in the ninth uh, he gets two quick outs, gives up a double to, to, uh, I think it was Bader. Yeah, it was Bader. Um, no big deal. Uh, but then he walks three straight and let me check the numbers here. Uh, two thirds of an inning, 33 pitches, 15 mm-hmm. strikes. And that, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was really hard to watch. Definitely. Uh, I, I was looking at pace of play too. Cause I was like, wow, I'm, I might actually get a decent <laughs> amount of sleep before the show today. So yeah, tough one, uh, tough one for them, but. Uh, I think now you're you're kind of looking at here the next 48 hours as we approach a trade deadline, uh, and and know that it, it's probably a scenario of uh, it, will Cesar Hernandez get traded? Uh, right now, that to me, from what I hear, is basically the only guy. People have uh, there's been a lot of teams that have called him Brian Shaw, but they just don't want to give up really anything for him, and and that's to be expected for a guy that's on a one year deal and. And really uh, was someone that had a, quite the bounce back first half. Yeah. Uh, so now, uh, now you kind of just wait and see what they do. Uh, for anybody hearing Jose Ramirez trades out there, I, I can go ahead and put you at ease. Uh, he is not going anywhere. Uh, outside of uh, you know Mike Trout getting traded over here, it, it doesn't look like he's going <laughs> to yeah. get moved. So well, I think we're in good shape there. That'd be a nice one for one. Yeah, wouldn't it? sure would. Uh, so the Indians lose. The Reds beat the Cubs seven to four. We'll give you those details later. The Clippers lose to Nashville. Carmen's crew blows a huge lead, loses in the basketball tournament, so they're done, and we'll go over all of that uh, over the next three hours. But right now, we have to do this. Time to get smarter. Morning Juice presents Today in History. Here's your professor, Mark the Shark. Yeah, they made me a a new bed there, Jensen. It used to be (laughs) Professor Bobby Carpenter, but when I fill in for Bobby, they they let me do this. There you go. Uh, it is July 28, 2021. Back in 1868, the 14th Amendment to the Constitution was ratified, granting citizenship to all persons born or naturalized in the U.S., including formerly enslaved people. Remember, this was just uh, three years after the Civil War ended. On this date in 1900, this was a big day for all of us who are foodies. The hamburger oh, yeah. was created by a guy by the name of Louis Lassen in Connecticut. He owned Louis Lunch, a small sandwich shop in New Haven, Connecticut. And Louis would sell steak sandwiches to factory workers because he didn't like to waste the excess beef from his daily lunch rush. He decided to ground it up, and he grilled it and served it between two slices of bread. And America's first hamburger was created 121 years ago today. And by the way, Jensen, that luncheonette on Crown Street in New Haven is still there. It's still owned by third and fourth generations of the Lassen family. And hamburgers are still the specialty. And now you know more than you ever wanted to know about oh hamburgers. Oh, my Lord. Well, I mean, you said it, momentous day. Yes. Uh, a, a, a country-shaping day, if you will. <laughs> yes. A belly-shaping day. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. i got to get a sports highlight in here. On July 28th, 
1906, the Yankees turned a triple play in their 6-4 to win over Cleveland. Those were the Cleveland Naps back mm-hmm. then, named after Napoleon Lazaway. Uh, sixth inning, the Indians had men on first and, uh, first and second. Obviously nobody out when the Yankees turned a 5-3-6 triple play. That would be third wow. to first to shortstop. So, and I, I, I tried to find out the details of this. I don't know if it was a... Ground ball, down? third yeah. baseman, uh, you know, steps on third, throws to first for the second out, and then they get the guy Tag at second somehow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. or maybe it was a line drive, just a you know, uh, a line drive to third. Well, yeah, I guess you throw back to first and then to second. I don't know, but anyway, that happened a hundred and fifteen years ago. Those dastardly Yankees were doing it to <laughs> us even back then. Yes. Um, Nineteen forty-five on this date, a U.S. military plane crashed into the Empire State Building, killing fourteen people. The freak accident was caused by heavy fog. Nineteen fifty-one, Disney's animated Alice in Wonderland was released. I have to this day never seen Alice in Wonderland. Wow, never. That's have. homework for you. Yeah, I guess homework. <laughs> and I had three kids too, and I still never watched. It. Wow. Um, let's see here. Nineteen seventy-six on this date at three forty-two a.m., an earthquake measuring between seven point eight. And 8.2 on the Richter scale flattened the city of Tangshan in China. Population about a million people. Jensen, 242,000 people Jeez. were killed. Good Lord. And, 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 you know, that happened in my lifetime, and I don't remember it. But yeah. the, the third deadliest earthquake in recorded history. 1978, this one hits uh, close to home because I was in high school when Animal House was released in theaters on this date. Can't believe it was 43 years ago. They made that movie for $3 million, which oh my is gosh. amazing. Um, of course, it became a uh, huge box office hit. A lot of great lines from that movie that uh, my college buddy <laughs> and I... Uh, what, what was the one? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through <laughs> through uh, life, son. That was a good one. Um also in 1978, the price of gold topped $200 an ounce for the first time. All right, it like 2000, 2000 yeah, now or something I, like that? I, I, looked it, I looked it up yesterday. The price of gold closed at $1,798 an ounce. So, uh, yeah, should have made an investment back there you then, go. I guess. Yep. 1994, the last steel beam is placed on Cleveland's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 27 yeah. years ago today. One year later... A sad day in Cleveland history. 1995, Art Modell's rep begins secret talks to move the Browns to Baltimore. And, of course, that happened, uh, gosh, I guess it was probably in uh, late October, early November. I think it was in November because it was after the World Series. I remember the the high of the Indians in the World Series and then the low right after that with Modell announcing he was leaving. Yep. And then uh, on this date in 2016, Hillary Clinton earned the Democratic nomination for president, thus becoming the first woman to lead a major U.S. political party. Birthdays today. Jacqueline Bouvier Kennedy, born on July 28th, 1929. So the former first lady would be 92 today, but she's been gone for 27 years now. A guy I'm sure you grew up with uh, listening to, Jensen, down there in Cincinnati, Marty Brenneman. Ah, uh, yes. Hall of Fame yes. announcer for the Reds. 
He Rounding third and, and heading for home, and this one belongs, belongs to, to the, the Reds. Reds. Yes, yes. Uh, Marty was born in Portsmouth, Virginia, in 1942. So he is 79 today. Jim Davis, the creator of the Garfield comic strip, is 76. Uh, let me see here. Former Cy Young and American League MVP Vita Blue, 72 today. Dana White, president of the UFC, is 52. And the most famous death that I could find for July 28th. Composer Johann Sebastian Bach, who passed away oh. on this date in 1750. <laughs> kind of a big guy. Kind yeah. Of a, uh, a big deal. Speaking big informative. <laughs> wow. He was 63 years old. All right. Uh, we are just getting started. Adam Jardy of the Dispatch is going to join us at 735 to talk some OSU hoops. Carmen's crew, uh, he was there last night to... Uh, to watch that and cover that. And, and speaking of the Buckeyes, Ohio State coach Chris Holtman held a press conference yesterday. We'll hear what he had to say next. This is Morning Juice on the Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning. This check of traffic is sponsored by Magna. Things are pretty quiet on the main roads and freeways. We don't have any accidents at this time, but we do have some construction. The 71 northbound ramp to Broad Street is closed as construction continues throughout the summer. Magna, a mobility technology company, is hiring full-time skilled labor positions at their seating Lancaster location. Wages up to $38.50 per hour with a $0.75 cent premium and an $8,000 sign-on bonus. Apply at Magna Careers dot com magnacareers.com i'm heather pasco for 97.1 the fan traffic oh if morning juice were a smell it would be a combination of ben gay and undercarriage heavy on the undercarriage this is morning juice Mark the Shark, Jets, and Lewis in for the boys today. I am broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios on Twin Rivers Drive here in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. And Jensen is up there in God's country in Cleveland. Uh, when when the game's going on, Jensen, at Progressive Field, uh, are you, how much of it are you watching from out there in center field, right center field in your booth, and how much <clears throat> are you somewhere else? Yeah, so we get to uh, sit up in press row. Uh, usually we're either in a booth of our own or uh, we're right uh, at the end of uh, where you kind of see the luxury boxes start there uh, behind home plate towards the third base dugout. So we'll head out probably around uh, the eighth inning, back out to the set for the postgame show, get ready. So uh, a couple of good vantage points. Uh, not yeah. a bad day job, not a bad seat in the house, as <laughs> no. we like to say. Yes. I, I had to chuckle last night, and I don't know if you saw this on the on the broadcast, if you had a monitor where you were. There was a guy, a bald guy, sitting in the stands who had a shirt that said, with a body like this, who needs hair? And, <laughs> and of course, you know, Archie and, and uh, Matt were teasing Andre about that. <laughs> and, it's, and Andre said, yes, with a body like this, I don't need any hair. I thought maybe yes. uh, Jensen Lewis would uh, appreciate that T-shirt. Did you see that? <laughs> I didn't, but I'm going to have to. Uh, I'll text Andre uh, after the show today, and and I'm sure if we can uh, find the culprit. Uh, I'll tell you, our production crew does such a great job of of being able to pick people out in the stands, and uh, we may have to uh, we may have to consult if we can find out who this person is. How we get? To, <laughs> I would need an XL. I'm not sure what the round mound of sound Andre not would uh, would need, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that is quality. And for those of us uh, with our that are hair challenged, mm-hmm. uh, yes, uh, some of us with a body like ours. Yes, who needs hair? I will give uh, Chris Holtman credit. Most college basketball coaches 
are nowhere to be found in the summer, and Holtman wants his Buckeyes to, you know, he wants them to get attention, to be relevant year-round, and so he has these press conferences every so often uh, in the offseason just to make sure we're paying attention, and on Monday we learned that 6'11 center Felix Okpara of Chattanooga verbally committed to play his college ball for the Buckeyes. He's going to be here next year. And yesterday, Holtman said, keep your eyes and ears open for some more good news. We have what I think is a potential class, um, and keep your Twitter fingers handy in the next couple days, that is one that you've kind of worked towards um, building. And and I'm really excited about really the last couple years. We just haven't had brought in quite the numbers uh, because we, for, you know, we haven't needed to. With all that we're losing, we need to bring in a, a, a really solid class that can impact things. And so, uh, Jensen, with more than a thousand players in the transfer portal around the country this off season, um, th- you know, this is college basketball going forward. I don't know if Chris Holtman there was talking about a high school recruit or a transfer coming in, but this will become the norm in the summer. It really will, uh, and, and you look at uh, just the overall picture of of the the depth that's uh, incoming here now uh, for Ohio State. Uh, of course, we we knew about a, a week or two ago with Cedric Russell coming uh, via transfer from Louisiana. We thought maybe that was going to be set at least for this year's edition of the team. Uh, because you lose the likes of Dwayne Washington and C.J. Walker, Musa Jallo, and and of course uh, Ibrahim uh, Diallo. So uh, you get Russell, you get Malachi, you get Jamari Wheeler, Joey Brunkin, Kalen Etzler. Who it sounds like is going to be uh, redshirting yeah. this year. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is I think this is smart from the recruiting angle of you know front and center, right? Yeah, front of mind, and and for for a lot of these kids, especially recruits in high school that are you know, always on their phones and, and keeping up tabs. I, I think that's, I think it's a smart thing to do. Even if there's not a ton of news or you want to tease just to hold people like us in the media, we're like, what? Twitter fingers ready. What, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, I, I think that's smart. And, and I think that, as you said, it, it kind of sets a precedent now. Uh, as we move forward on on how this group is going to be and and how this uh, this uh, projection of this group will be not only in the media but also uh, to the rest of the basketball family. Well, you talked about you mentioned his name Malachi, and of course Malachi Branham, a guy that we're going to become very familiar with this season. Played his high school ball at Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's, named Ohio's Mister Basketball. Uh, first time that a St. Vincent St. Mary player has been named Mister Basketball since, of course, the great LeBron James. And uh, Malachi, also a two-time state champion in high school, Holtman was asked uh, what position he's going to play for the Buckeyes. You know, in high school, he kind of played all over, really, for, for, for their team. He'll play more of, you know, either guard, wing spot uh, here primarily, but really excited about what he can be. I, I think he'll look like a freshman at times, and then he'll look like a guy who's, uh, you know, a tr- has a tremendous future. At times, that's the the natural development for for young players. And Jensen, you're from uh, up there, that part of the state. What do you know about Malachi? Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a heralded guy, right? You know, someone that uh, was almost a five star, uh, you know, ranking, and and of course with his ability, uh, you know, to <clears throat> to be a game changer. And and I think that with a, with the loss of of Dwayne Washington, you're looking for. 
a playmaker uh, to help out EJ Liddell uh, and, and maybe a young guy that you can build around for the foreseeable future because I think we all anticipate uh, that uh, EJ Liddell goes to the NBA after this year and uh, we appreciate him coming back. But, you know, star power is something that Chris Holtman in recruiting you can tell is is really making an emphasis of and and that in of itself is going to attract not only your your out of state guys your top guys but let's face it the in state and, and and really crisscrossing the state getting the top players here is is a is a big testament and a big reason why i think he has built the program into what it is in just a very short time so uh, all the reports here as you said you know it comes from a basketball powerhouse uh, a guy that uh, is maybe a little bit raw, but man, you can dream on him, and you can dream on him very, very quickly, and and be hopefully an impact guy, you know, into the middle of the season. Yeah, uh, and of course, uh, you mentioned the Buckeyes lose Dwayne, uh, decided to leave after his junior year and explore uh, professional opportunity. I was going to say the NBA. I don't think he's going to get drafted, but uh, he may go overseas and play. We'll see where he ends up. Also, uh, EJ Liddell was evaluated by the NBA but chose to return for his junior season at Ohio State. And Holtman was asked what NBA scouts told Liddell about what needs to improve in his game. Consistent shooting, defensive versatility. The the ball handling piece was kind of third uh, in their mind, or at least from the people we talked to. So I think that's an important skill for him to continue to grow in and improve in. But the other two areas, I think, for his development are, are most important in most of the NBA teams we talked about. And so EJ is coming back, and Holtman says he will continue to be a matchup problem for Big Ten opponents. It's one of the yeah. things last year he really, really benefited from because he had a, he had a, I think he had a advantage going into almost every game. He just was an impossible guard. Um, and I think he's going to be hard to guard again. But you're right, he's going to be guarded by a more mobile, in some cases, you put him out there with Zed and Joey, he's going to be guarded with a more mobile, by a more mobile guy. I think the challenge will be, when he's out there with Kyle, how are they going to match up? That could be uh, something we we look at. And I still believe, Jensen, uh, that E.J. Liddell, even with the departure of Dwayne, E.J. Liddell is the best thing the Buckeyes have going for him. Yeah, uh, I think that's fair. And and will the offense kind of flow through him at the beginning? Yeah, because that's that's what you know. Um, but you think about where Michi Johnson and, and even Jimmy Sotos in the backcourt, uh, the wingers and Suing and Arn, Seth Towns, you're coming back from injury. Kyle Young, I, I love the, the potential of what Zed Key can give you. There, there's a lot to be said for for the depth, and and now you just got to develop the chemistry and, and, and to understand that the offense going to look a little different to start. But I think there's plenty of skill. Uh, there's plenty of ability to try and develop a perimeter game. Uh, of course, you missed that with, with Dwayne Washington leaving. But uh, this is this is the great part about co- uh, you know collegiate sports and particularly college basketball, right? You can look and see what's on paper, and then as you get in, you know, to training camp and you get in those first couple of games, things evolve. And I think we can say that like Ohio State's team at the beginning of the year last year, uh, maybe a far cry from where it was when they were getting ready for the tournament. So what we thought it was ended up being maybe a tad bit different, and, and you got the right guy leading. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a fascinating offensive development uh, for EJ Liddell and the rest uh, of this group in, in the beginning stages of this year. Well, while you, uh, while you were sleeping, the uh, U.S. men's basketball team faced Iran in pool play in Tokyo. We'll give you that result when Morning Juice returns here on The Fan. 
from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning. This check of traffic sponsored by Fresh Time Markets. It is still accident-free on the main roads and freeways. Construction, though, has your 3rd Street ramp to I-70 eastbound closed, making way for a new exit ramp from I-70 eastbound to Parsons Avenue. They're also working on a new on-ramp from Fulton Street to I-75 eastbound. Let your best self shine with Fresh Time's vitamins and body care sale. Now through August 3rd, save 25% on over 5,000 wellness products. From supplements to skin care, enjoy department-wide savings at Fresh Time Market. Real healthy, real affordable. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic. Protein shakes and energy drinks. The breakfast of champions. This is Morning Juice. Shark and J. Lou on Morning Juice as Beamer and Carp enjoy vacation. We're here until 9 o'clock. And when I fill in for Beamer, one of the things I have to do is uh, come up with a daily fan poll, which uh, you would think that'd be an easy thing. It's not. It's <laughs> uh, It takes me. I, I spend 20 minutes every morning trying to come up with some wow. kind of fan poll. And, of course, Bodie, our producer, he gives me absolutely no help because he <laughs> hates he hates coming up with fan polls, too. So I went uh, a little crazy this morning. The uh, daily fan poll sponsored by Reichert Kia. Today's fan poll at 971thefan.com. Which sport would you like to see included in the Summer Olympics? Cornhole, dodgeball, slow-pitch softball, or MMA? And you can vote now at 971thefan.com. We'll uh, right. revisit those results at the end of the show. Just off the top of your head there, my friend, you got a, you got a selection for it. Yeah, I have voted, uh, and I voted uh, at 971thefan on Twitter. So um, I went with MMA, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because, uh, again, cornhole, dodgeball, kind of the tailgate uh, Olympics, if yes. you will, and uh, slow-pitch softball, you know, maybe the uh, – uh, I, I'm not sure which which portion you would put that in, but I think just because <laughs> any and again, this is ironic since it is Dana White's birthday today. Uh, I think that one makes the most sense because of the worldwide appeal to it. Uh, I can remember uh, Conor McGregor, you know, a few years ago. I mean, obviously from from Ireland and and realizing you know what a a literal country does to to shut down business to watch. Uh, you know his fights and and get behind him. Uh, you think about um, you know Manny Pacquiao. Just and I realize that's boxing, but uh, the, just the appeal there of of him being over in the Philippines and and having having such a ridiculous following, not only there but but obviously here in the states. So that one makes the most sense to me if you're going to get the world's best fighters. Uh, to have uh, you know a, a gold and now the other part of this is you know, you're going to have to bracket this out probably. Yeah. You know, there, there's there's not exactly a round robin way to do it, and and I think the other part that's hard is you know you know how much prep time there is in these between fights. So I don't know how you would. I mean, this is a question obviously for Dana White. We'll try and get him on the show here before the end. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, I, you know, if you think about the mechanics of it, uh, because there's title fights. I mean, I wonder how they would they would have to do the prelims to the Olympics, and then the Olympics would basically be. All right, you know your your gold your gold medal match your bronze medal match uh, you know of these yeah. uh, you'd hate to say the bronze medal matches are your undercard but it's basically it so you can go you know like bantamweight welterweight I mean you can go through that you know every couple of days and 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 possibly do it that way 
Um, but I, I think that one of those four that you mentioned is probably the one that makes the well, most sense. Well, and I was also thinking, Jensen, about how many countries actually play these sports. Like, you know, we've got baseball in the Olympics, and baseball obviously is big in North America and, and Latin America, Central America, but not in Europe and Asia. Well, I shouldn't say not in Asia. Obviously, Japan is – baseball is huge. But there's a, a large chunk of the globe that doesn't play baseball. So when you have this in the Olympics, it's not like you've got 50 or 60 countries represented. And, and that's probably the same in MMA. I know it's big here. It's big in countries like Brazil. I, I don't know how, you know, worldwide – uh, how big MMA is? Any idea? Uh, as far as I know, and again, I'm not I'm not the the biggest MMA guy. I mean, there there is worldwide appeal, uh, and that and that can go uh, and span a couple of continents. So I think once you've got that, and and kind of use your baseball analogy, I mean, you think about the Far East with Japan, with Korea, uh, Taiwan. I mean, it's it's a nice little pocket you have right yeah. there, and then certainly Latin America, where you know the majority of our players are. Uh, at the moment in, in North America. So from, for MMA, uh, Europe is definitely there uh, when you have uh, North America for sure. Uh, I think there's, there's you know, you look at you know, some of the Ukrainian fighters, uh, some of the guys over there closer to Russia, uh, the, the Middle East. I mean, there, there's a lot of appeal. And and I think there's a way because if, if just think about where Dana White has had some of these, you know, even in the pandemic, right? They had basically the bubble in Dubai. Uh, so right. you've got when you're when you're hosting them there, uh, and and having you know that appeal and people wanting to be able to watch it, uh, I, I don't I don't foresee them you know having an issue if they wanted to pursue an avenue to have an Olympic event that way. Like I said, the mechanics of it of there's so many months in prep, uh, getting ready for a single fight, so you would have to already have your matchups you know anticipated and and basically set. Uh, before the opening ceremonies, yeah. and and then have your your gold medal, your bronze medal matches. Yeah, that's a good point. I I didn't even uh, consider that when I was coming up with the ball. I was just trying to think of four yeah. sports. No, it's a good idea. I actually thought about kickball because <laughs> everybody <laughs> plays kickball as a kid. Well, we have just table like, tennis, you know, right? We, we, we got, got table everything tennis. in there. We've got skateboarding now, and uh, you name it, rugby. Uh, they're they're all in the Olympics, so it's hard to come up with sports. But I agree with you. I I do believe MMA will be in the Olympics. Uh, Eventually, if not, you know, four years from well, wait, yeah. three years from now. Well, if you can have boxing, if you can have boxing, yes. I get it. There's there are all kinds of of mixed martial arts. If you can have boxing and be able to do it in the Olympics, I, I have to believe there's a pathway to be uh, able to facilitate. However, they would you know get to all right. This guy is uh, you know your gold medal medal winner in the welterweight. Uh, you know, I was just thinking of golf. You know, golf's easy because you basically just play. Four, it's basically a mini tournament. Uh, you know, you're playing four rounds uh, in in uh, the the home country course there. Yeah. So against the, uh, against, by the way, the same guys you're playing on the PGA Tour for the most part. And yeah. and, and and just while we're on that, I, I I know I segued a little bit there. When you think about, uh, let's see. So Morikawa is is American, yeah. right? You have, uh, John Rahm's not going to be able to do it because of COVID, and and uh, he would have represented Spain. Victor Hovland uh, mm-hmm. from Norway, yep. uh, obviously Ricky uh, uh, Roy McElroy from Ireland. Uh, so you got a lot of different uh, representation 
in in just golf, and we see it all the time. You know, with the U.S. Open, uh, you know, and 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 different uh, countries being able to represent uh, with their guys there. So, yeah, I think there's a way. I, I definitely think there's a way. And if Dana White uh, is listening, I know he's a great friend of the show. Uh, happy birthday, and and man, we can't wait to see this coming forward. Call in, Dana. It's your 52nd birthday today. Give us a call. <laughs> Um, yesterday, American gymnast Simone Biles, of course, withdrew from the team competition at the Olympics. The U.S. went on to win the silver without her. And now the big news coming out of Tokyo today is that Biles has withdrawn from tomorrow's individual all-around competition. Uh, just a, a, a sad thing. USA Gymnastics issued a statement saying that after further medical evaluation, Biles has withdrawn to focus on her mental health and yesterday, she explained why she dropped out of the team event. No injury, thankfully, and that's why I took a step back because I didn't want to do something silly out there and get injured. So I thought it was best if these girls took over and did the rest of the job, which they absolutely did. They're Olympic silver medalists now, and they should be really proud of themselves for how well they did last minute having to go in Um and it's been really stressful, this Olympic Games, I think, just as a whole, um, not having an audience. There are a lot of different variables going into it. It's been a long week. It's been a long Olympic process. It's been a long year. Um, so just a lot of different variables. And I think we're just a little bit too stressed out. Um, but we should be out here having fun. And sometimes that's not the case. Yeah, I can understand not having fun. She said the other day, Jensen, that uh, she felt the uh, she had the weight of the world on her shoulders, which really surprised me because she's accomplished so much, obviously. And these gymnastics athletes are, you know, they're just tough. They 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 train 24-7, well, not 24-7, but probably six hours a day, seven days a week, year-round, four years. Um, so used to the spotlight, but uh, I think this just proves they're, you know, they have anxiety and they may be a bit fragile just like the rest of us. Uh, she has uh, been the consensus, uh, you know, uh, all-around best gymnast uh, as far as uh, the women's go. Uh, the women's events, both uh, the team, the individual. I mean, it was basically a foregone conclusion that she was going to be the all-around Olympic champion. So uh, 24 years old, uh, has been in the spotlight. I mean, you could compare you know, her expectations and her dominance to probably Michael Phelps, uh, probably Usain Bolt, and, and just how they dominated their individual sport. So, uh, you know, all the best to her. Hope that, uh, hope that everything is okay. You know, you, you, you worry about the person first. Uh, the athlete always comes second. So uh, you hope that she's all right mentally, and you hope that she's going to be able to come through. All right, a big trade in the NHL, a really strange trade yeah. in Major League Baseball. Yes. Those stories are part of our quick hitters, and we'll hit you with those next on Morning Juice here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report sponsored by Meineke Car Care Centers. It is still accident-free. Traffic's moving well in the main roads and freeways. We've got some construction out there that'll have you slow, but I'm not seeing backups. Just keeping an eye on those building traffic volumes. Is your car as road trip ready as you are? Stop by your independently owned and operated Meineke, your one-stop shop for total car care. Make an appointment today for your free road trip check at a participating location. See store for details. Engine, brakes, tires, oil. Meineke, doing car care right. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic. Rising, grinding, and hitting the fairway by 9.30? Hang on, did Bieber write this? Now back to Morning Juice on The Fan. 
Mike Mark, the Shark, Jensen, Lewis, and Bodie on a Wednesday. And Morning Juice brought to you by Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. Morning Juice presents Quick Hitters. All right, Bodie, what do you have for us, buddy? We'll start off with college football here. This has, of course, been one of the big stories in sports over the last week, and it took another step forward yesterday as SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey said in a statement that both Oklahoma and Texas have submitted official applications to join the conference. In the statement, Sankey also said that they uh, that the conference would be considering the request in the near future. No kidding. <laughs> J. Lou, 11 of the 14 schools still have to vote yes for this to happen, but this just seems like another step forward that the Sooners and Longhorns will be in the league within the next few years. Years. Yeah, it does, Bodie, and uh, it sets the stage, right? Uh, I know we've talked about it uh, on on all the programs here the last couple of weeks. Is that uh, you know where where is the end in sight? You know, is the SEC done with just getting Texas and Oklahoma? Are they going to try and become a super conference, which ultimately, you know, Sharks is the end of the SEC as we know it in name, uh, in nomenclature, if you will. Uh, it, it will be the end of the Big 12, I think, just because it, you're going to have a gaping hole there, and you'd have to believe that some of the other conferences, the Big 10 we've talked about, could be circling you know, for the likes of maybe West Virginia, Baylor. Certainly Kansas would be a prized possession as far as basketball goes. So uh, a lot happening here, but yeah, this is... Um, so it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when uh, this all gets approved. So Texas and Oklahoma on their way to the SEC. Yeah, this uh, about the least surprising story in the history of sports stories. The Sooners and Longhorns and SEC have been uh, hashing this out for months now. So obviously this was just a uh, formality for them to apply. But uh, uh, as Bodie said, just a matter of uh, 11 of the 14 current SEC schools accepting OU and UT, and that will happen. It would take four schools to give a thumbs down, and I I just don't think that uh, Commissioner Greg Sankey would let that happen. If there's any dissension, they will be uh, discussed privately, and there will be pressure to approve the two newcomers. And I think the individual schools are going to be smiling when they cash those TV rights paychecks. Oh, yeah. The Blackhawks, they made a big move over the the weekend when they traded for Seth Jones, and then they made another splash yesterday as they acquired the reigning Vesna Trophy winner, Marc-Andre Fleury, from the Golden Knights. A kind of interesting twist of the story, though, is that Fleury actually was reportedly caught off guard by the trade and is uh, contemplating retirement (laughs) after being as good of a team as any in the league for about a decade there when they uh, won three Stanley Cups from 2009 to 2017. Chicago has now missed the postseason three of the last four years, though. This is obviously a move that could help him get back into the playoff shark. They actually just had to get him to show up. Yeah, I was. Uh, he wasn't the only one taken aback. I was too. I was pretty shocked when I heard about this yesterday. Flurry's been so good for Vegas, uh, taking them deep into the playoffs a couple of times to the Stanley Cup Finals once. Just uh, just won the Vesna is the best goalie in the league this year, and now you know the Golden Knights. I guess had to trade him in a cost cutting move. It sounds like. He's going to play hardball. Uh, you know, he liked Vegas. He he liked living in Vegas, didn't want to leave. And uh, at 36 years old, yeah, considering retirement. And the Blackhawks may have to give him a bigger deal to lure him to Chicago. But they just signed Seth Jones to a $76 million long-term contract. So it, it'll be interesting, J. Lou. Yeah, well, and it's the first time in two decades uh, that the reigning Vesna winner was traded before the beginning of the coming season. Uh, the last time that happened, uh, the dominator, Dominic Hasek, 
uh, traded from the Sabres to Detroit. Well, it worked out for the Red Wings after that, did it not, I think? (laughs) It worked out pretty well. So we'll see what happens in Chicago. We are only two days away now from the MLB trade deadline, and yesterday the AL West leading Houston Astros made a pretty big move to help shore up their bullpen. They acquired Kendall Graveman from the Mariners. Graveman has been absolutely lights out this season. He owns just a .82 ERA in 30 appearances. Kind of maybe the most interesting part of the story, though, is that the Astros are currently in Houston, uh, I'm sorry, in Seattle right now for a three-game series between the two teams, and Graveman actually pitched just on Monday night against Houston, his new team. So I was also reading that there are actually uh, several Mariners players who are upset by this trade because they're only one game out of a wild-card spot. I saw Graveman was really emotional in, inter- yes. in, in an interview yesterday when talking about leaving his teammates. Jay Lou, just a wild trade from pretty much every angle on this one. Uh, I have been a part of, uh, uh, well, I've, I've been... In, uh, on a team, uh, we'll take you back to uh, 2009 when Cliff Lee was traded uh, at the deadline uh, from the Indians to the Phillies. I was in AAA at the time, and uh, Carlos Carrasco was obviously the uh, the face of that trade. We were in Lehigh Valley, which is AAA for the Phillies. Uh, so we saw Carlos uh, the night before on the other side, and he literally walked over uh, the next afternoon <laughs> to our clubhouse. So now, yeah, the odd part about this is that. Yeah, the Mariners are, are you know just on the outside looking in just by a half game or a game uh, at back of Oakland uh, in their division as well and uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, which they're a few games behind. But I, I think just from a baseball perspective, I was, I was a bit puzzled. I mean, I played with Joe Smith all the way back in high school and, of course, our days with the Indians. Uh, he's had a rough go of it, has had to overcome some injuries this year. Uh, you know, Graven and Montero have been about as key relievers for the back end of that Mariners bullpen as you could possibly have. Uh, this is uh, I, we always joke, Jerry Depoto. I mean, uh, check the uh, check back with us in thirty minutes uh, because <laughs> exactly. I'll probably make another trade. Yes. So uh, while you were sleeping, uh, the Mariners did go get uh, Tyler Anderson uh, from uh, the Pirates, uh, who was supposed to be going to the Phillies, but that fell through because of a minor league issue uh, with one of the medicals on on one of the minor league guys that uh, the Pirates were supposed to get back. So they pivot. Uh, Jerry Depoto gets a, a quality starter there. In Tyler Anderson, so instead of going to Philly, he goes to Seattle. But yeah, I'm with you. I just weird because yeah. the Mariners are right there, and, and if you're going to close uh, uh, the gap in a in a pennant race, especially in August September, you need back end guys. So th- this is puzzling for sure. Yeah, we we had a situation earlier this summer where the Indians traded Jake Bowers to Seattle, and his right? first game with the M's was in Cleveland. So that, <laughs> yeah. was, that was a little weird. But I'll, <laughs> I'll say this. Kendall Graveman was a, a, a pretty solid starter for Oakland a while back. Now he's in the bullpen, and he, yeah, he'll be a great addition. Um, I did see the same thing you saw, Bodie, him being interviewed uh, on SportsCenter this morning and, you know, had some tears in his eyes. So it was interesting because he's obviously going to a, a really good team as well. Um, we know all about Joe Smith because he's been with the Indians twice in his career. Joe's wife is uh, Allie LaForce, mm-hmm. the uh, sideline reporter, and she's from Vermilion up there uh, on Lake Erie. And I saw Allie a couple of years ago at the NCAA basketball tournament here in Columbus and told her I was really sorry to see Joe leave because Joe's a, a, a great guy. And uh, she said, don't worry, we'll be back. Well, now they're headed to Seattle, I guess. Not the worst place in the world to be. Coast to coast. Yes, absolutely. Tough loss for Carmen's crew last night at the Covelli Center. We'll give you details when we hit you with a re-rack. That's next on Morning Juice here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. 
This check of traffic is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Traffic is slowing a bit on I-70 westbound between Miller Kelton and the 71 East Split. Also, be aware of some slowdowns on US 33 westbound between Bixby Road and County Road 118. Good news, Ohio. Safe Auto offers state minimum car insurance for less than 66 cents a day. Safe Auto is available 24-7 to help you save. Get a quote in less than three minutes at safeauto.com or 1-800-SAFE-AUTO. Play it safe. Safe Auto. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Pour some donuts in a bowl and get on with it. This is Morning Juice. It's the B team. <laughs> it's the it's the B team <laughs> for the backup dancers. Yes, for the rest of the <laughs> week here on Morning Juice, as uh, Beamer and Carper on vacation, you're stuck with Mark the Shark and Jensen Lewis from Valley Sports Great Lakes, and this is our number two of Morning Juice. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning. It's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus. The best selection of pool tables and the best service in Central Ohio. Jensen, we have we've lost a lot of things during the pandemic. One of them, beer money. Oh, yeah. Beer money, oh, a, a, a favorite of mine on the old uh, Fox <laughs> Sports Ohio and Sports Time Ohio, which are now... Uh, Bally is sports. Uh, I I I actually used to just uh, scream at my TV when you would say, you know, a guy sitting there at the slot machine or something, and you'd say, uh, you know, in two thousand eight, who did the Indians trade CC Sabathia to? And and they'd be like, well, the Yankees. And no, it, uh, and you're giving him hints. You know, it's the ten dollar question or whatever. I'm just screaming. Why did you? Why did you choose to have Indians questions when you have no idea what you're doing? But uh, any chance that? Uh, and by the way, Gabriella Cruz does a great job. Did a great job on that. Any uh, any idea if beer money will be resurrected? We do have. We do have optimism. Okay. Uh, the uh, the pandemic uh, kind of put a wrench in things, obviously, because of uh, having to socially distance with people, and and of course, uh, you know, coming back uh, from uh, quarantine and the lockdowns and everything. So uh, the anticipation with uh, with Sinclair, you know, buying uh, the networks there and uh, um, looking for additional programming, uh, I would I would wager, if if you will, I would wager uh, that that. Uh, would come up, and uh, as you know, uh, in TV, it's all about getting uh, some sponsors and and getting a, a title sponsor for the show. So I would have to believe, uh, if I go campaigning a little bit uh, this off season, that uh, people would be would be ripe for the taking for that. Would uh, would want to appear. I'll tell you, the best part was being able to travel the state for it. You oh know, man, just go up you, and you down, hit, and and you yeah. hit every uh, bar in the state of Ohio. I think. It, I would say it's free advertising, right? You know, yeah. if they're great spots, and and I think that's the that's the cool part of it too is you know you got some hole in the wall places, you've got some bigger venues, you know, just some spots where you know, how many times do people ask you or they're coming in town and say, hey, where's a good place to go watch the game? You know, I'm not going to get tickets, but I want to go watch, I want to go see somewhere. Uh, th- this is my my best advertising for that is hey, we used to do uh, you know some episodes here. It's a great spot. You know, so and so is the owner. Uh, just ask, uh, tell them. I sent you. You'll be in great shape. So yeah, I, I am. Uh, I am optimistic uh, that as we get uh, moving forward here, and let's hope that uh, you know the variants here with COVID, uh, you know, don't rue the day. Uh, that we've got to uh, go back to some of these uh, some of these issues we had to deal with before. So fingers crossed. But yes, I can 
I can firmly say that 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 will be on the table in just a matter of uh, if we'll have the go-ahead for it. Yeah, that was uh, – I I love that show. Of course, I'm a uh, trivia freak. I like that kind of stuff. And, you know, they would replay those things at all hours. Uh, You wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning and there's beer money on uh, on the old Sports Time Ohio. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Tough loss for Carmen's crew last night in the basketball tournament at the Covelli Center on the OSU campus. a sweet 16 game, and Carmen's crew led the money team by 18 points Ugh. in the third quarter, but was outscored 27 to 13 in the fourth quarter, wound up losing 91 to 89. Costa Cufos, um, 18 points for the crew, the Carmen's crew, if you will. Always fun watching the former Buckeyes play, Jensen. But after the game, John Diebler and Aaron Kraft. Both said they were moving on from basketball and aren't going to play with uh, Carmen's crew anymore. Yeah, tough to see because uh, two guys that we've known very well here, and uh, you know, you also I'll tell you what the other the other cool part about this tournament is seeing the uniform. Uh, you know, and, and really what, what teams decide to go with. So, uh, what they had worn, uh, the whites, right, for the first couple of games and then they went to the blacks. So, um, it, it was cool to see kind of the alternates, uh, you know, Ohio State, uh, obviously, uh, the real team, uh, having those, uh, those alternate unis is pretty fun to see. But, uh, yeah, a little, uh, little bittersweet, right? Uh, you know, you got a 12 point lead at halftime and, uh, even David Lighty, uh, burying the three before halftime there. So tough way to lose that one. Tough one, a tough way for them to be eliminated for sure. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it was for some reason, it was just off my radar last night. I, I had, uh, finished watching the Indians game and I was uh, in a bad mood as I was going to bed and I flipped <laughs> over and watched the Reds. I completely forgot about Carmen's crew. And, uh, yeah, that's a tough way to go when you blow a big lead like yeah. that. Meanwhile, the U.S. men's basketball team crucified back here in the States after suffering a, <laughs> a seven-point loss to France in their pool play opener on Sunday. The, uh, the French finished on a 16-2 to run to stun the Americans. Well, today in Tokyo, a much easier time for the Americans. They absolutely crushed Iran 120-66. to Damian Lillard, 21 points. Devin Booker, 16. Jason Tatum, 14. Outscored Iran in every quarter. Led by 30 at halftime. Rolled to a very easy 54-point victory. And uh, maybe, J. Lou, this will keep the naysayers at bay for uh, a day or two. Well, let's hope. I mean, if you, uh, if you, like I said, if you can't cover against Iran, we've got bigger problems here. So uh, I think there's a quote that I read from Damian Lillard who said, uh, being in the hotel uh, at meals and on the practice court and just talking after that loss, we came together. It's time to start looking like Team USA. That That's what I hung my hat on, and uh, they certainly did it. Uh, I think when you look at uh, some of the adjustments that Greg Popovich made, you had Drew Holiday and Devin Booker now uh, in the starting lineup uh, last night, this morning. For those of you that stayed up to watch it, uh, they had come off the bench, if you remember, against France because they had literally just gotten there, what, 24 hours beforehand uh, after the completion of the NBA Finals. So a faster lineup. Uh, the fast break points, they had 19 of those in just the first half alone, and, and not like the Iranians were going to provide uh, a really stringent defense. But you almost wanted to see flow and, and synergy with the group and, and, and to see the rotations kind of get back into a rhythm there. So uh, let's hope this is a, uh, a kind of a foreshadowing of what we can see uh, moving forward here. Uh, Jason Tatum had 14, Zach Levine uh, had 13. So uh, I think... Uh, I think Pop will feel a lot better about uh, this group, and I think 
all, collectively they can take a sigh of relief and say, all right, we got one under our belt, now let's go. So now the U.S. is going to face the Czech Republic in the final pool play game. That's going to be on Saturday. Meanwhile, Tokyo has been hit hard with a surge of new COVID cases since the Olympics began last week. The city has recorded the uh, highest number of cases since the pandemic began last year. 2,848 new cases yesterday, the most ever in one day in Tokyo. And now the numbers of COVID infections among Olympic athletes and coaches and officials there in the village is up to 155. Two more athletes tested positive yesterday. And, you know, Jensen, normally you finish your competition, your event, you stick around the Olympic Village, you have fun leading up to the closing ceremonies. Not at these Olympics. You finish your competition and they're putting you on a plane and sending you home. It's it's a little bumpy over there. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird dynamic. And uh, I think I remember talking with the, either AR or, or Maddie uh, on uh, Rothman and Ice about I haven't been able to really get into the Olympics this year because obviously of work responsibilities, but also it is reminding me of the pandemic, you know, just a year or so ago when it was so eerie. I remember watching the only two sports that were going on, I think were, uh, you know, the English Premier League, the soccer and the Bundesliga. Uh, and then MMA, and it was in the middle of no fans, nothing there, no yes. atmosphere. You had the piped-in crowd noise. It, it just reminded me way too much of what we had come through, and uh, I just didn't want to relive that. And, and it's unfortunate because I do love the Olympics, especially the Summer Olympics. Uh, I, I enjoy the pageantry of, of the opening ceremonies, but just too weird for me, man. You know, uh, and it's it's too soon. I know if you you're saying what the kids say, it's too soon from what we just had to go through. So hopefully. They're able to get through this uh, without any, you know, star athletes. Heck, even another athlete testing positive. You want, I mean, you trained four years for this, and now it would have been five because of the delay from last year. You hope they're able to get through it, and and everyone is able to get through their competitions healthy and safe. You know, yeah, it does bring up a, a year ago. And of course, you were doing everything from the studio. You're, you're still doing it that way for road games, but at least you're in the ballpark for the home games. Yes, I know. I, I know you couldn't go to spring training this this spring. It was just, it was just a strange, odd season last year, and even at the start of this season when there was limited capacity. Last night, a, a good crowd. What was the attendance? Twenty thousand. We had yeah. twenty thousand on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday night, it was. Yeah. A, it was a, a great crowd. It's just a different, obviously, a different game when you've got fans in the stands. And I think that's the the oddest thing about these Olympics is you've built all these beautiful venues and there's nobody there. It's it, it's really sad. Yeah, it is. And and so now you look forward uh, for the NFL and the college football season who had you know months ago said, hey, we're 100% capacity uh, at that. You want to talk about normalcy? That was what we were, you know, really looking at as the light at the end of the tunnel was, all right, football back to what we're used to on Saturday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. That that was going to give us, I think, a, a big exhale of, all right, we got through it. We're back to normal. And and let's hope that this this can remain that way. Uh, that that the numbers don't just increase so much that we have to go back to what happened before. I, I don't want to see that. Um, I think people will go nuts. To be honest with you, Shark. I think people will will resist and and be like, yeah. no, I'm not going back to what we just went through. Yep, I agree with you. It would be. Uh 
yeah, I, I, I just don't want to go through all that again. Any idea? Now, this is probably a not a great question to ask. Any idea how many, uh, what, let's say, what percentage of the Indians have been vaccinated? Do you know that? Yes, uh, almost everybody on the team. I believe only one or two guys uh, has not for the entire organization, oh, from what right. I'm told. So, uh, so they are, uh, I mean, at 90, 95, 98% vaccinated. So good news for them. Uh, that, and, and again, we've seen the breakthrough cases, though, Shark. Yep. That's, that's the issue, is that even the fully vaccinated have had things happen to them. So uh, every day we, we hope we don't wake up to an email of, uh, so-and-so has tested positive. They're out for 10 days. Uh, you know, the game's been postponed. I don't want to see any of those because that was the, the grip that we had last year was you just you, you kind of held your breath every yeah. time you, you refresh the inbox of, all right, do we have a game today? And uh, who's going to be playing in that game? So right. uh, we're, we're hoping we, we don't get any of those for the rest of the year. Oh, yeah. We just saw uh, Christian Yelich yeah. going through that yesterday. All right. Aaron Rodgers arrived at Packers training camp wearing a T-shirt from Homage, Columbus, Ohio's Homage. <laughs> we'll talk quarterbacks, Rodgers, Mahomes, Justin Fields when we go around the NFL next on Morning Juice here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning. This check of traffic is sponsored by Rumkey Waste and Recycling. There is an accident in the east outer belt southbound before Elm Creek Drive. Your right lane is blocked, and that's causing delays back from US 33. Also, things are slow on I 70 westbound between Miller Kelton Avenue and the 71 East split. Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up. Drivers can earn $1,000 to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Drivers are home daily, receive great benefits, and more than $10,000 in bonuses. Apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer. Restrictions apply. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1. The Fan Traffic. Attack and dominate your alarm clock. This is Morning Juice. Mark the Shark and Jensen Lewis on Morning Juice. Your Doppler 10 forecast. Hot and humid today. A slight chance of a storm. The high 90. Tomorrow, some showers and thunderstorms and 86. Great to see Joe Thomas joining the Browns preseason broadcast team. And, of course, uh, there are only three preseason games this year with the regular season moving to 17 games. And on top of that... Cleveland's final exhibition is a Sunday night game at Atlanta on August 29th, which will be televised nationally by NBC. So there are only two preseason games that are what we would call local broadcasts. But future Hall of Famer Joe Thomas is going to be the color analyst along with uh, play-by-play man Tom McCarthy. Those games are Saturday, August 14th at Jacksonville. Gosh, just two and a half weeks from now. And then uh, Sunday, August 22nd, against the New York Giants in Cleveland. Uh, Jensen, we know what a a great job Thomas does for the NFL Network. This is going to be fun. It really is. Uh, Let's see. The Hall of Fame game this year is the Cowboys and the Steelers, uh, and that's on August 5th. So literally next week. Oh, my gosh. We have football. Yeah, uh, next weekend. uh, at least an iteration of it. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, a week after that, week one of the preseason. So, buddy, it is here. Um, that, uh, let's see, with the Browns and the Jags on the 14th. Uh, Jags right now. For those of you uh, degenerates out there, uh, Jacksonville, uh, or the Browns opening is a four-point favorite. They're down to three and a half. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> if you're if you're a crazy person and you uh you like to yes. look at lines uh that's your line for preseason week one oh although we gosh. would expect uh what would you expect the traditional baker gets a series uh and then it'll be case keenum in the group so mm-hmm. uh but just great to see uh football back and uh, we'll get our first look probably at trevor lawrence uh in urban meyer down there as well yeah if you're betting on preseason nfl games yeah you do have some problems no <laughs> doubt about that aaron Rodgers made uh, quite the splash yesterday in green bay at tv crews reporters all gathered there to catch him reporting to training camp just got in by private jet from california around midnight and then he showed up at exactly eight twenty eight a.m thus avoiding the $50,000 a day fine for missing camp. What do you what do you make of this story, Jensen? Uh, it is uh it's been a saga, you know, to say the least, uh, because uh, there are reports of him uh contemplating retirement, uh, taking over for Jeopardy for Alex Trebek. Uh this is uh a a pretty quick reversal, a thawing if you will, uh that he'll be back and uh some stipulations, some concessions that I think for Green Bay, I think they knew a while back that this was going to be the end. Um, but now we're getting the last dance vibes, uh, <laughs> literally, both on yeah. social media and and the feel of this is it. This is uh, the swan song for uh, Aaron Rodgers, possibly some others there in Green Bay. And uh, and so now it allows, so from from what we can see early on with this uh, this new revised agreement, uh, that the Packers will be able to move on. Uh, they'll be able to trade him at the end of this season if uh, if they so choose. Uh, it looks like they're getting some of the band back together for the last time. Randall Cobb, I think, is signing uh, to be the slot receiver there. So um, uh, well, we just need Jordy to come back, right? Yeah, there and, you go. And, that, and we've got uh, we've got the big three uh, that brought the Packers uh, really uh, to prominence there. So Devontae Adams uh, gets his quarterback back. Uh, possible extension talks there, but yeah, this will be something you follow. Uh, I think week in and week out, just to see how the dynamic's going to be. We've had Matt Nagy on this show, the Bears coach. Um, he has been pretty adamant uh, all along, that pretty firm that uh, to start the season, Andy Dalton would be the starting quarterback, and first round pick Justin Fields of the Buckeyes would be battling Nick Foles for the backup job. Of course, the Bears signed. Dalton in the offseason after he played for Dallas last season. But yesterday at camp, Nagy sounded like Fields could be in the mix for the starting job. For Justin, for Andy, for Nick, their their job is to go into this thing and do exactly what you just said, is just dominate. And he came out and he got every rep and he, he had a great day. You could see he did his homework. Trust me, just like everybody in here in our city, I want Justin Fields to be electric. We're worried about today. That's all we can. And you all saw that Giannis. The, that little quote he said, I mean, that's going up in all four of my kids' bedrooms because we can't worry about the past. You can't worry about the future. We're going to worry about right now. And I think everybody believes it's going to be Justin's job eventually this season, Jensen, but good to see that he's, uh, you know, at least impressing Coach Nagy from the start of camp. Not only that, and uh, you know, Coach Nagy reiterating uh, that he will be, quote, more aggressive uh, using players in the preseason. That leads me to believe uh, that uh, Justin Fields is going to get plenty of run and uh, the the starters there. And whether he works with the ones uh, during the preseason or not, I, I think that'll be some foreshadowing as, as to how uh, Matt Nagy and this front office and, and this coaching staff approaches this year. Let's, it's a, it's a put-up-or-shut-up year for the coaching staff. Uh, you don't go out and, and go uh, trade up to get Justin Fields the way they do without having aspirations that he's going to play a role at least at some point this season for them. 
And uh, I, I am encouraged uh, by by what we've seen thus far and heard as far as his work ethic. I don't think any surprise to those of us here uh, as Ohio State fans of of the work ethic and the precision. But you want to see it on the field, right? And and you want to be able to see it uh, early. So the Bears open uh, against the Dolphins at home. Uh, that's a one o'clock game, I believe, on the fourteenth. Uh, so who knows uh, how much we see of him, but I would fully expect we see some of Justin Fields in preseason week one. You know, when I was a kid uh, growing up, the face of Kansas City sports was definitely George Brett. And mm-hmm. now there's no question that the face of Kansas City sports, maybe Kansas City as a as a city, is Patrick Mahomes, of course, just 25 years old. He's already won a Super Bowl. He's been an MVP. And he is fully entrenched in that community. Last year, he uh, bought a stake in the Kansas City Royals. His fiance uh, is part owner of uh, Kansas City's National Women's Soccer League franchise. And now Patrick Mahomes is buying a stake in uh, the uh, MLS team there, the uh, Sporting Kansas City team. So that guy is, they, they they love him in Kansas City, Jensen. Well, when you have uh, $400 million to your name, yeah. uh, it's a little bit easier to make those long-term commitments. So uh, this is smart from so many angles, uh, being able to get stake in, because listen, I, I love the, if you've watched Billions, on Showtime, uh, and you see uh, Robert Axelrod, and, and they're talking about him possibly having a uh, being an owner of, uh, of an NFL team. Uh, the man he's talking to says, this is how we knight people mm. in the United States. Uh, guess what? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, well on his way to being knighted a post-playing career because he's already doing the right thing and in investing in, uh, in an ROI of sports franchises that, as we know, only go up. Uh, so uh, he's going to be in great shape to be making millions upon millions upon his hundreds of millions. Mm. Yes, uh, the rich going to continue to get richer there in Kansas City. And they're going to start calling him Sir Patrick Sir Mahomes. Sir Mahomes. After yes. he's knighted. <laughs> Adam Jardy of the Dispatch attended Chris Holtman's press conference yesterday. Also attended Carmen's Cruz loss last night. We'll pick his brain next when Adam joins us on Morning Juice here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This check of traffic is sponsored by Dell Technologies. The roads are in pretty good shape, but we do have an accident, and you will find the east outer belt now closed southbound between U.S. 33 and Alum Creek Drive, so give yourself some time to follow an alternate route. Sometimes it feels like the world is throwing everything at you. Dell Technologies advisors have the tech advice you need to navigate whatever you're up against. Call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL and do more with modern devices and Windows 10 Pro. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic. There's a fine line between intensity and insanity. We don't know which side this show is on. This is Morning Juice. Shark and Jay Lou on Morning Juice, and now we head to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline to check in with Adam Jardy, who covers, of course, the basketball Buckeyes for the dispatch. And before we talk about the uh, current Buckeyes, we got to mention the former Buckeyes. Carmen's crew loses a, a heartbreaker late last night in the basketball tournament. Uh, I, I'm going to admit I was sound asleep by the time the money team <laughs> made that, that final shot. But what the heck happened, Adam? Well, William Buford got hurt, and uh, in a tournament like that, when you have a player like that, that can really uh, 
that can really snowball on you very quickly. Um, and if you're a writer sitting there, it can really change uh, what your story looks like uh, in a very short order. Yeah. Uh, so, Adam, yeah, hey, buddy. Tough. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree and uh, was just catching up on it this morning. Uh, as I uh, always say, the tradition continues. It's a great day when you can work with the Jardy. So uh, let me uh, let me begin with, um, I guess, the quote of Chris Holtman's press conference, keep your Twitter fingers ready. Uh, when you heard that uh, from the head coach, uh, your initial reaction for what he possibly could be talking about? Well, I've, I've heard from a few different sources that Ohio State's pretty close to landing another verbal commitment this week for the 2022 recruiting class. Uh, still working on firming up all the details, but it does look like they're going to put like a sort of an exclamation point on what's already uh, right now. It's the nation's number one recruiting class. I think it has a real chance to remain the nation's number one recruiting class once like normally it seems like Duke and Kansas and Kentucky, they're going to load up on their five stars, you know, before this is all said and done. Uh, but I think this class, when it's done, uh, is going to be a top two top three recruiting class because uh, what I'm hearing is it's going to be a pretty decent, uh, decently rated recruit uh, to finish this one out. Oh, come on, Adam. I know that you know who it is. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> well, I, I will say this. I, I listened to the presser yesterday, and I, I, I wasn't sure if he was talking about a recruit for 2022 or if he was talking about somebody in the, the, the transfer portal for this season. Is this roster now set? Yeah, I mean, unless someone would decide to leave, this roster is set at this point. If you want to transfer in college basketball, you're past the deadline now for this upcoming year. So you can transfer, but you would actually have to sit out unless you get some sort of waiver. And I think those are going to be a little bit harder to come by because you've had all kinds of time to decide to transfer. So, yeah, the roster at this point, uh, they're not adding anybody. They've got enough bodies for for next season. Um, The only movement would be if someone would decide they wanted to leave for some reason. Yeah, Adam, I think this is a, a very intriguing group as you head into to practices, uh, getting ready for the season because of, of the dynamic, uh, both of the young talent uh, and uh, the returning talent. Uh, one of the young talents that we thought might be joining Coach Holtman's crew is uh, obviously JTT. We know he's uh, as big a football recruit as there is in the country. Uh, the latest you've heard on him possibly joining uh, for practice for this group, or was this a still a wait-and-see mode for JTT? I mean, at this point, it's all kind of hypothetical. Um, you know, it's something that he wants to explore at Ohio State. And, of course, you're not going to tell him no in you know, July or June or when you're recruiting him. You know, you, you get him on campus and you let him get acclimated to football and you see what that, the physical demands of that are going to be. And then from there, you kind of say, all right, well, let's get through football season. And then how do you feel? Can you do this? Is it, does it make sense to do this? Those are conversations they're going to have down the road. Uh, I personally have a hard time imagining it happening. Uh, I mean, we, we see this all the time where you have a really talented athlete who um, thinks they're going to play both. And then they get through the rigors of a football season and say, you know what? That was pretty brutal. Like, I think I need, I need to rest and I need to get ready for my sophomore year or whatever. Um, same thing happened with Terrell Pryor, uh, you know, about 10 years ago or so. Um, I personally just have a hard time seeing it happening, but uh, they're open to it. And if he gets through football season and it's the right thing to do, then, then it'll happen. I just have a hard time seeing it being the right thing. Yeah, I, I'm old enough, Adam, to remember when Art Schleister played basketball at Ohio State for his freshman and sophomore years. Of course, he had to wait uh, until after the bowl game, but he did once score 10 points against Magic Johnson in Michigan State, uh, I think, during his you sophomore year. Yeah. Uh, Felix, yeah. Felix Ak- Akpara, am I saying that right? 
Oakpara. Uh, Oakpara. Felix Oakpara of Chattanooga announced on Monday that he's going to play his college ball for the Buckeyes. Tell us about him. Yeah, so uh, this is a pretty big deal. It's the highest rated center that Ohio State's landed um, since uh, BJ Mullins in 2008. Um, mm. He's a top 50. He's a top 50 kid. Uh, interesting story. I mean, he, he's from Nigeria, had only played basketball for a few months, and then came to the United States uh, for high school to try to make like a, a, a career out of it. Really athletic, um, really talented, like rim runner, um, shot blocker, rim protector. Uh, there's still like some room to grow there, but um, you know, how they did just have like a uh, Ibrahim Diallo was with the team for a few years, and you know, he was sort of a project. And um, you know, I've I've gotten some pushback from fans that say, why are we going down this route again? Well, Ibrahim Diallo was like a top 400 recruit, and this kid's a top 50 recruit. Like there is a, there is a significant difference between the two, and I think uh, he's going to make a real impact when he gets to Ohio State. Adam, last one for me, buddy. Thanks again, as always, for taking the time this morning. Uh, two freshmen, uh, one we know is going to redshirt in uh, redshirt in Kalen Etzler, and then also uh, a guy here from Northeast Ohio and Malachi Branham, uh, who we expect to, to be a, a dynamic freshman, raw, but but certainly the the sky is the limit for this kid. Uh, your your idea of uh, obviously Etzler redshirting, and then what Malachi is going to be able to bring to this group. Yeah, I mean, Malachi, I think, is going to be an impact player for them. He's a guy that can create a shot. Uh, he's super fun to watch. Um, he's just got a good, a good spirit around his game. Um, I've, I've seen him uh, playing here in the Kingdom Summer League on Sundays at Ohio Dominican this summer. And, uh, I mean, he's going up against, you know, older, veteran, bigger dudes. And he had 43 on Sunday. It's mm. the second 40-point game of the summer. <laughs> and it's... It, like comparing, you know, the, it's basically an open gym that's organized and it, it can be competitive basketball, but it's not like college basketball. So I'm not saying he's going to come out and give Ohio State 40 a night here this, this season. But you see that the skills are there and you see that the ability is there. I mean, he's Ohio's Mr. Basketball from last season. I think, um, you know, when you have a guy like that on your roster, especially when you lose a Dwayne Washington, I think he's part of that mix that helps make up for what they lose. I just think he's got a lot of really special natural talent that uh, is only going to grow once he gets his feet underneath him and things like that. But I think it's going to be a fun season watching him. Talking with Adam Jardy of the Dispatch, who covers, of course, the basketball Buckeyes, and he joins us on Morning Juice. I'm sure you've been following the the Texas and Oklahoma story, which is, you know, it's portrayed as a, a football story, but it's going to affect all sports, obviously, including basketball. My question to you, Adam, if you're rating the Big 12, uh, if you want to go in there and steal some teams, you've got Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma State, obviously, uh, the Jayhawks coming to the Big 10 in basketball would be amazing, and they're, they're, they're mm-hmm. terrible in football. Uh, which team would you go after? I mean, I selfishly would go for Kansas because I want to go to Fog Allen and go watch the basketball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I understand that there's not really, like, a perfect answer here. I mean, um, you're, I don't know, like, what is most important to you. Are you trying to increase your geographic footprint? I mean, for a, for a long time it was you've got to try to get in different television markets and now with streaming, like, is that as important? Um, I, I don't know what makes sense. I mean, the, there's also the part of me that just says, can we just – keep it the way it is like do we really need to pretend that the big 10 needs all these extra teams i don't i don't know where this is all going uh, i find it very frustrating frankly as a sports fan just to see uh this continue to change and, and just the eternal pursuit of of more money um 
I, but again, I would selfishly like to see Kansas because I want to go to Fog Allen and go mm-hmm. watch the basketball. Uh, yeah, I don't blame, you. blame you. Uh, by the way, Adam, I know you're a big tribe fan like me. And uh, breaking news, Jensen Lewis has guaranteed that Jose Ramirez will not be traded before the <laughs> trade deadline. <laughs> So they're allowed to keep players that make a couple dollars. There you go. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll take Ahmed Rosario over Frankie Lindor if he plays like this every year. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, he, he mean, comes at, what, two and a half million as opposed to <laughs> yeah. 30-some million. So, yeah. That's right. Uh, always great I mean, talking to you, Adam. Uh, thanks for getting up early to do this. I know you had a late night last night. Hey, always a pleasure to talk to you guys. And as Jensen said, it's always a good day to talk to a Jensen Lewis. So I appreciate oh, you guys having me. You the man. Thanks, Adam. That's Adam Jardy of the Dispatch on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. It's time to get juicy. Jensen, Bodie, and I are going to let you know what has us juiced next on Morning Juice here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Discover. You will still find the east outer belt southbound closed between U.S. 33 and Alum Creek Drive because of an accident. On the north outer belt, northbound before U.S. 33, an accident blocks the right lane there. Discover matches all of the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year. It's amazing because Discover is accepted at 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1. The Fan Traffic. Get up, then get fired up. This is good. Get your hip flexors going, inner thigh, everything. This is Morning Juice. Shark, J. Lou, and Bodie here until 9 o'clock this morning, and it is time to get juicy. What's got you juiced? Sponsored by Atlas Butler Plumbing Services. Call today. Get it fixed today. Bodie, start us off this morning. All right, so I kind of wanted to dive back into that uh, Mariners-Astros trade just a little Mm. bit here. We talked about it last hour. I think uh, kind of another maybe interesting wrinkle here. So Abraham Toro, he uh, used to play for the Astros. Now he got traded in the trade to Seattle. So he homered on Monday night with Houston, so it was against the Mariners. Gets traded Tuesday, yesterday, midday, and then homer last night for the Mariners Amazing. against Astros. He's the first player in MLB history to homer four and against a single team on consecutive days. <laughs> I know, you know, like, sounds like maybe obviously I think we all know the Cubs are pretty much like in fire sale mode. Chris Bryant's going to be on the move. Anthony Rizzo and maybe like Kimbrough and a couple other guys. Sounds like maybe Max Scherzer might get traded. Trevor Story could be traded. This uh, Astros-Mariners trade is probably not going to be the biggest deal that happens before Friday's deadline, but it's probably like one of the more crazy trades when you just look at some of the like all the moving parts with it, with the two teams playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we said earlier, one not now with this Toro guy kind of homering uh, for both teams on consecutive days there, so that's kind of weird. And yeah. then uh, just another one, maybe some not so good news here, but I was reading this morning that uh, actor Bob Odenkirk, who is most famously Saul Goodman on the show uh, Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul. Saw this. I uh, saw this this morning that yesterday he collapsed as they were actually uh, filming the final season of Better Call Saul. So kind of a mm. sad story there. Yeah. I hope, certainly hope he kind of. He was. They said he was rushed to the hospital. I was reading through the uh, just the article here, and it said that there's no update on him. So hopefully everything's okay there. Yeah. Uh, Breaking Bad is one of my favorite shows, and I've been a huge Better Call Saul fan. I've actually even liked that a little bit more than Breaking Bad myself. But wow. nonetheless, hope uh, Bob Odenkirk everything is kind of okay there, and you know certainly hope. Well wishes as much as I love the show. Well wishes to him, too. So hopefully it kind of 
bounces back there, nothing too serious and whatnot. But Jensen, what's uh, what's got you juice this morning? Yeah, I'm going to parlay off you, man. The trade deadline uh, here in uh, 48 hours. Uh, I am I am 100% alongside with you uh, that uh, Astros trade will be uh, a ripple in the pond compared to uh, what we're going to see. Uh, fully expect Craig Kimbrell to go. I think Chris Bryant, I had said this about a month or two ago, I think the Giants make the most sense for him. I know they've had uh, preliminary discussions about it. Uh, keep your eye on Starling Marte and Eduardo Escobar. I think two position guys. Escobar has been linked uh, with the White Sox with their issues at second base and injury concerns. Uh, Starling Marte uh, makes a lot of sense uh, if you're the Giants. Uh, the Yankees, even though they're kind of looking for a, a left-handed power guy, maybe a Max Kepler, uh, I think Marte could make a lot of sense. Uh, maybe and, and The Rich could get richer in Houston uh, if they want to go out and get him. Trevor Story is intriguing. Uh, he has been really bad on the road this year. And, of course, that's the big thing whenever you go get a position player from Colorado is, all right, how are they outside of the thin air? Uh, Oakland makes a lot of sense for them. I know the Brewers have been hot on the tail there for more offense. Uh, and even the Yankees for a little bit. I just don't know where he slots there with Glaber Torres uh, you know, there and, and obviously with DJ LeMahieu. So uh, a fascinating group. And then if you want to look on the pitching side, uh, we know that the Pittsburgh Pirates have been active. They've already traded Adam Frazier. I would fully expect after Tyler Anderson uh, just went last night this morning, Richard Rodriguez will be a guy uh, who is their closer right now. Uh, I think you can look at Daniel Hudson for the Nationals as they've kind of fallen off. And then Ian Kennedy flying way under the radar. He has closed out some games for the Texas Rangers. Could be a setup guy. Uh, maybe Toronto is what uh, a destination could look like for him. But uh, a lot of things about to happen here in the next 24 four to 48 hours that has me juiced for the mlb trade deadline. yes um by the way i just found this out yesterday jensen our man bodie how long you work here bodie uh three years three years three yep. years uh we we always knew that he was a dallas cowboys fan and we always knew that he was a notre dame fighting irish fan. yes uh-huh uh, I found out yesterday that he's a longtime Boston Red Sox fan. This oh, is, this is no. a kid who grew up wow. right here in central Ohio, but he doesn't root for the Indians, Reds, Browns, Bengals, Buckeye. He he roots for all out-of-state so, teams. I'm so disappointed. So Bodie was rooting against me in 2007 yes. is what you were saying. Yes. Okay, Bodie. All right. The line I was only 11, so maybe. <laughs> but, <laughs> he, did, he had no idea. But you were probably a Terry Francona <laughs> fan, right? Oh, yeah. Back yeah. in the day there. There you go. <laughs> I tell you, Shark, what's, uh, what do you think is going to be the best post-deadline addition to uh, any of the contenders here? Oh, gosh. Um, that's it's a guy that's coming back from Tommy John surgery, and he plays for the Boston Red Sox. Oh, oh he's, like, yes. he's a Chris yes. Sale boy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that would yep. be like picking up, uh, uh, although I don't know what he's going to be like. Yeah, uh, you never know, know how he's going to come back. A year but, off, whatever. I'll tell you what, from what I've heard, he looks good. Hmm. He looks really good. And if you're a uh, again, I, you guys know I always look to look at things from uh, the wagering side. If you had the Red Sox earlier, you could have had the Red Sox oh my at around twenty to one to win uh, the uh, the American League. I think is twenty five to one to win the World Series. So if you had the foresight to throw some pizza money on that. Uh, you are sitting in a great leverage spot, mm. if nothing else, to be able to hedge because I think Boston's got a great shot uh, to go deep in this postseason. Yeah, coming off last year, who would have uh, thought that? We knew exactly. we were getting Cora back as manager, but uh, yeah, I didn't see that coming. Uh, before I tell you what I, what has me juiced, let me give you our daily schlegelism.
I always want to see the nuggets. I want to look for the nugget. Oh, I'm trying to make my kid better right. through some nuggets. I did that again, Bodie. I played yesterday. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I might say this has me juiced every day for the next two weeks. Talking about the Olympics. Got up at okay. 1 o'clock this morning. Uh, immediately checked my phone to see the early score of the U.S. basketball team. So juiced that they beat Iran by... 54 points. Not, not that they won because we knew they would, uh, that that would happen against that opponent, but just to get that bad taste out of our mouths following yeah. the loss to France. And I love watching Katie Ledecky swim. She is great. Made history, right? So, yes. So, she's so classy and she's old now. You know, she's 24. She's, <laughs> she's, old, yeah, right. she's an old lady. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, even when she doesn't win gold, she's so classy. She did win gold in the women's 1500 freestyle, her sixth Olympic gold medal all time, mm. which ties her with uh, Kristen Otto and Amy Van Dyken for the second most golds ever among women. Only uh, Jenny Thompson with eight is ahead of her in the swimming pool. But think about 1500 meters, how long that is, how, you know, it's long to run 1500 meters, let alone to swim it. But Ledecky swam it in a, let's see, a time of 15 15 minutes, minutes. 37 seconds. My arms are tired just uh, thinking about that. Yes. And she won by four seconds. And by the way, well, as long as I'm talking about what has me juiced, Michael Phelps is just a fantastic swimming analyst at these Olympics. He's got a, a, a second career ahead of him. He's doing a great job. All right. Magic Johnson says Team USA is missing one simple ingredient in Tokyo. We'll tell you what that is when we come back with the re-rack. This is Morning Juice on the Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning. This check of traffic sponsored by Ace Hardware. We do have the east outer belt southbound closed between U.S. 33 and Alum Creek Drive because of a crash. Your ramps from U.S. 33 to the east outer belt southbound are closed because of that crash as well. And there is an accident on State Route 161 westbound at Little Turtle Way. The accident's been moved to the shoulder, but it's the left side, so traffic is stop and go from New Albany Road. Are you looking for a steady work and great benefits? Get your career on track with Ace Hardware. Now hiring CDL truck drivers with a $5,000 sign-on bonus in West Jefferson. That's right, a $5,000 sign-on bonus. Apply now at acehardware.com. That's acehardware.com. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, The Fan Traffic. There's no better way to start your morning. Well, there's one way, but Beamer isn't legally allowed to do that anymore. You're listening to Morning Juice. Hour number three of Morning Juice. Mark Deschart joined today and for the rest of the week by Jensen Lewis of the Indians broadcast team up there at uh, Valley Sports Great Lakes. And it's time for a re-rack. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning. It's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus. The best selection of pool tables and the best service in central Ohio. Gosh, Jensen, I I should have asked you about the name change right out of the gate this morning. It slipped my mind. Of course, we found out last week that the Indians are changing their name to the Guardians starting next season. And I know on Twitter there weren't a lot of uh, fans excited about the (laughs) new name. And and I said uh, here that, uh, you know, having been an Indians fan my whole life, it's just, it, it, it's a part of my 
my being of <laughs> my life. But um, I, I would have had a hard time with any name, but it's done. You can hate it or embrace it. We're, we're all going to get used to it. It probably, I would say by this time next year, it's, it'll be a non-story. What's the reaction up there? Yeah, of course, change is tough, right? And, uh, you know, Paul Dolan, uh, chairman and CEO, had, had said the same uh, at the uh, press conference. Uh, you know, I was there, uh, had an opportunity to take that in. And uh, as someone who's worn the uniform, uh, grew up, uh, you know, in Medina, uh, I had to move to Cincinnati for my middle school and high school. So I, I proudly wore uh, my Omar Vizquel Indians jersey yes. to high school when they were in the World Series down there at all. To much of the chagrin of uh, many of my Reds uh, friends <laughs> that uh, I played ball with down there so uh listen uh, there is there is so much that has changed in our world and uh, whether you agree or not uh it wasn't going to remain the indians forever Uh, i mean you look at there's five now names uh, that this team has been called and and of course uh the indians uh, name in and of itself uh, over a hundred years of uh, of the team being called that Uh, we all grew up with it you grew up with it i did uh it, it is what we are attached to and uh, in any form of life, you're going to have to move on from certain things. It's not easy. It will not be easy. Uh, but I, I, time heals uh, everything. And as we move forward, it's about the team on the field. Uh, I think there's going to be you know some semblance here. You keep the same colors that you've had for the last 80 years. Uh, obviously, uh, the logo is going to change. Uh, you go from a block C to a diamond C, which I think they sorely needed. And you're, you're going to have uh, an influx of not only the youth movement now, but uh, a new fan base that uh, I think once the merchandise comes out and people can see and feel and start to make that connection, I think that'll start uh, to to really transfer uh, as we move into next season. But it'll be the Indians through the end of this year. Uh, I would fully expect uh, as soon as uh, that final game uh, is has come to completion that you'll start to see the push uh, and uh, and the release of these things so that people can get their hands on on the new Guardians yeah. gear. You know, uh, Chief Wahoo was so iconic. Just, just in familiarity, it, it was probably one of the top five logos in all of sports. When you saw him... You knew exactly you, who it was. Yes, yep. exactly. And uh, I, I will say this. The Block C was was not a good replacement, and I know it was just a temporary thing, but I do like this... This what are you calling it? The diamond C? It's, yeah, they, they like characterize that. it as a diamond C. And uh, again, like I said, once you see it, once you once you're able to kind of see it in person uh, on on that memorabilia, on the actual game day jerseys, the hats. Uh, I think I think people will come around to it. So yeah, uh, again, all of us grew up. Hey, we all grew up with Chief Wahoo, right? I mean, I still have all my gear. You know, as far as that goes, when I played, that, that'll never leave. It'll always be a part of the memories and the history. That's not leaving. Uh, now it's just a, a new generation, a, a new name that it will be for Cleveland baseball. Yep, I uh, I agree. And there's not a, a whole lot you can do with the C. We know what the the Reds have, and you know the Chicago Bears. And I just didn't. Didn't like that block C, so this one yeah. I think is is uh, certainly an improvement. Totally agree. The Reds beat the Cubs last night seven to four. Joey Votto is on fire, and of course for most of this season it's been 
Castellanos and Winker and Jonathan India carrying the offense. Lately, it's been the old man, though. He uh, hit two more homers last night, has five homers and 11 RBIs over the last five games. He joins Frank Robinson as the only Reds to hit 40 career homers against the Cubs. And Jensen, you know, just when you think that Joey may be slowing down a little bit, he gives you this. Uh, he's been as enjoyable to watch this year uh, as as any you know player here in Ohio, let alone I think uh, in baseball. And to know the struggles that he's gone through, <clears throat> you know, the face of a franchise for so many years, uh, and and to have to deal with uh, a lot of frustration as far as uh, how the team's success has been, uh, I, I think he's enjoying the ride. I think he is really taking the mentorship role to heart. Uh, you know, even with the Reds uh, right now, where they stand, you know, they're six games out in the wild card. Uh, I think they're what seven out in the division against Milwaukee. So postseason hopes bleak. I mean, they they got a heartbeat. Yeah, but post postseason hopes are bleak. Uh, uh, the one shining moment or you know, one shining you know light here for this club is he's going to leave a legacy for you know the winkers uh you know the guys uh within the organization uh that have kind of grown up with him that he's going to pass along and I think they will embody his spirit uh and his determination because it's going to be very easy for him to just say hey the check's going to cash either way uh and and I'm going to take my money and then when it's done it's done uh, he has not been that guy. He has worked back from injury. He has been a joy to watch, and he's been an example for a lot of the young kids and, and some of these younger guys on the current Major League team to aspire to. Yeah, you know, uh, you talk about the the playoff hopes being bleak. Uh, they would have to, I would think they'd have to win the division because I think three teams are making it out of the West with the I'd Padres, agree. Dodgers, and Giants out there. Yep. Uh, Jose Ramirez had a two-run homer to give the Indians a 2-1 lead, but the Cardinals scored two in the seventh, one in the ninth to beat the Tribe 4-2. Um, gosh, I, I don't think it was much more than a month ago that the Indians were 10 games over 500. Now they're at 500 and, and really scuffling Jensen, not only at the plate, but, uh, out of the bullpen, which had been so good early in the season. Been a cornerstone for this group. Uh, it is the sole reason why they're even alive for a, a possible playoff spot. And uh, you were bound to see some regression. They were not going to be, you know, dominant uh, in the way they were in April and May for the entirety of the season. There's ebbs and flows uh, to to teams and certainly to pitching staffs. And unfortunately, as we said off the top of the show, sixth loss from the bullpen just in the month of July, which you would have to say it would be unheard of after watching them the first two months. They were just that good and that consistent. So uh, Brian Shaw gives up a two-out, two-run go-ahead homer to Paul DeYoung uh, as a hanging slider to the nine-hole hitter. And I think that's the part that hurts the most is it's two outs. And, uh, you know, that that's the one guy that uh, you should be able to retire. If nothing else, you, you can't hang a breaking ball in that situation. He's going to beat you. He's got to beat you the other way. If he does that, you tip your cap. That's what he's paid to do. So uh, unfortunate because, uh, you know, Jay Ram, we thought, rescued uh, this offense yet again yeah. uh, from Adam Wainwright, who uh, is going to be a Hall of Famer in my book, uh, and he's a Hall of Famer against the Indians. I mean, his career numbers against them are, are scintillating, to say the least. So uh, he goes another strong seven last night, and uh, Cardinals add one of the ninth 
they win it four to two. We're going to do a, a deeper dive tomorrow about this pitching staff, the starters outside of Bieber, Savali, and and Plesac and the bullpen at the start of the season compared to now. The numbers are are, are pretty staggering. Um, at least talking about the back end of the bullpen with Shaw, Classe, and and Karinchak. I I just need to take a look at the uh, numbers and we'll we'll discuss them tomorrow. The Clippers lose at Nashville four to three. Columbus now thirty one and forty on the season. Not surprising, uh, given given that half the uh, the roster has played in Cleveland at one time or another this season. Uh, Jensen Lewis had, gosh, three or four stints with the Clippers back in the day. In fact, I I don't believe you ever played at Cooper Stadium, did you? It was always nope. uh, after it Huntington was, Park opened. Yep, yep, it was, and uh, and what a great venue it is. Yes. I mean, you want to talk about one of the best values in all of professional baseball. I remember having ten thousand there on a Monday. You know, it was it was such a great atmosphere, and uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, this. Uh, you know the managerial job at AAA at any any organization it might be the toughest in all of pro ball because you're you're constantly in flux with who's going to be there every single day and uh, that's certainly been the case for the Clippers this year nine games under 500 uh, but some encouraging signs you know Andres Jimenez who's come down there and been really really good uh, Jordan Luplo right now on on assignment uh, for rehab so uh, I, I think this is a group that. Uh, has really been able to overcome some adversity as far as, hey, who is my locker mate literally the next day, uh, much less uh, for the series. So uh, you hope that uh, you hope they're able to kind of keep things together here. Uh, Eli Morgan looked really good last mm-hmm. night, five innings, three hits. Uh, we fully expect him to be recalled uh, when the Indians need a fifth starter coming up this weekend, or excuse me, to, uh, in Toronto. So uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be good to see him back here because he himself has made quite an impression on the big league group. Cash, you think about the Columbus to Cleveland shuttle and vice versa. I mean, McKenzie and Morgan. These guys have been back and forth. Just think if they were still in Charlotte or in Buffalo like they used to be. But uh, now it's just a, a trip up I-71. Team USA crushes Iran 120-66 in men's basketball today at the Olympics. And that came on the heels of a seven-point loss to France in the first game on Sunday. Magic Johnson claims he knows why Team USA is struggling in the Olympics. They don't have LeBron James. He said, quote, what the USA men's basketball team is missing is a guy who's won four NBA championships, a proven winner, the best leader in the game of basketball, and someone who makes his teammates better, a.k.a. LeBron James, unquote. And there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, listen, Jensen, we... We uh, we didn't send our best team to Tokyo. We know that LeBron's done this Olympic thing several times before. He's certainly given his service to his country as far as that's concerned. And I understand why he backed out this time. It's been a, a just a grind for NBA players with two seasons during COVID played without much rest. But uh, I agree with Magic. LeBron would have made a difference. Impact guys, for sure, right? Uh, remember when uh, it was Michael Jordan, who if you had him, you, you could beat anybody. Uh, and, and that is going to be probably synonymous here with this group. Although I do like the makeup uh, of uh, Kevin Durant being the leader now and, and having Devin Booker and, and Drew Holiday uh, fresh off the finals. I think that'll infuse some life into this group. I uh, still think they're very capable, and they should be of winning the gold medal. We know that Albert Pujols and Clayton Kershaw are locks for the Baseball Hall of Fame. What other current stars are headed to Cooperstown? Jensen gives us a yay or nay next on Morning Juice here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. 
This check of traffic is sponsored by Batteries Plus Bulbs. Now, the accident on the east outer belt southbound between U.S. 33 and Alum Creek Drive is clearing. We do now just have the right lane open, so traffic is getting through there, but you are still stop and go. There's also an accident on State Route 161 westbound at Little Turtle Way. It's on the shoulder, but it is the left side, so you're stop and go from New Albany Road. And on the north outer belt northbound, just before U.S. 33, an accident there blocks the right lane. At Batteries Plus, they do more than fix phones and tablets. They help their neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside, and online to save $10 on Duracell Ultra Car Batteries. For offer details and limitations, visit BatteriesPlus.com. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1, the fan traffic. Fan Live, local, loud, very loud. This is Morning Juice. Mark Deshark and Jensen Lewis of Valley Sports Great Lakes. Uh, I was uh, compiling this list this morning, and uh, forgive me if I leave off a few names. But <laughs> okay. I can think of probably five current Major League players who are shoe-ins for the Hall of Fame. Albert Pujols, Clayton Kershaw, Mike Trout, Miguel Cabrera, and Justin Verlander. But I want to ask you, Jensen, about uh, some other guys who... May be on the fence, may may not be on the fence. Uh, these are current players only. Do you think they have, uh, they've done enough to get into Cooperstown, or maybe you think uh, with a few more good seasons they'll get in? So, okay. going to play uh, Hall of Famer or not, okay. Jose Altuve. Um, Jose Altuve currently is uh, probably on the fence. Uh, uh, but he's on the right path. Uh, if you think about second baseman, you know, Joe Morgan comes to mind. Um, it, being a dominant player, you know, into his 30s, uh, you don't want to overreact with, uh, you know, the whole, um, you know, buzzer, you know, the, the sign stealing yeah. issues. Um, yeah, at one point you thought he was going to be able to get to 3,000 hits. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that. I mean, if he were to do that, then yeah, I think he's an automatic. Uh, in there with three batting titles, four straight 200 hit seasons, uh, on the right path. Not going to say he is right now, but he's on the right All path. Right. And amazing at five foot six, obviously. Yes. Uh, Zach Grinky. Zach Grinky, these, uh, I think is, is pretty easy. I'm going to give you the career numbers of Roy Halliday, who is a first ballot selection. Okay. Halliday was 203 and 105, three, three, uh, 338 career ERA. Uh, right now, Zach Grinky, 208 and 126. 337 mm. ERA. Uh, if those line up, then uh, yeah, I would say that that he's pretty much in. Yachty or Molina? Yeah, Yachty's in. Uh, I, I think when you look at what he has done, maybe not so much in the power department compared to uh, you know a Johnny Bench who had 389 homers, uh, even Mike Piazza more at our our era 427. Uh, he is uh, he's got 160 homers. I think that was entering this season. Um, as good a defensive catcher as we've ever seen. His war, uh, for those of you analytic geeks out there, uh, is like at a 40. And uh, I think if you go like Ted Simmons is one of the lower war guys in the Hall of Fame. He's got a 50. So, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be in. How about uh, Joey Votto? He is in his own group. Um, if you think about if he would if if he were to end his his tenure, and I don't think he will, uh, with an American League team because that could get him another three years as far as a designated hitter goes. Uh, I saw someone compare him to a uh, an Edgar Martinez type. 
uh, where he's just he's it feels like he's on base twice every night, right? Yeah. Uh, a four nineteen OBP, I think, uh, in his career, uh, a sixty two WAR. I mean, it's that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard to leave him out with those numbers. Uh, I would uh, I would say right now. Uh, he doesn't have uh, a ton of RBIs as far as Hall of Famers are concerned, but he's uh, man, he's pretty close. Yeah. Be hard, uh, depending on who the writers are. You know, you're in the new age now, more analytics based. Uh, he he might get the benefit of the doubt. All right, this is one that uh, his his career is incomplete. He's only 33 years old, so he uh, probably has a few more years to go. Uh, 295 saves. Uh, has just been a strikeout machine his entire career. Araldus Chapman. Um, I think because he's got a World Series, um, you can probably you can probably give him an opportunity here in the next couple of years to earn his way in. Uh, I'm not saying he is right now, but I, I think he's got an opportunity that. Uh, more postseason saves, uh, maybe another World Series uh, that could probably put him over the top. But but on, I'll put him in the uh, Jose Altuve yeah. on the right path. Yeah, you know, uh, and and he didn't initially cross my mind, but you start looking at these numbers. He's got the highest uh, strikeout to inning ratio in history. Right. Think about this: five hundred eighty-three innings pitched. 967 strikeouts. It's that's, remarkable. That's unbelievable. It's remarkable. Uh, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is probably also in that on the right path territory. Uh, if you're thinking of historic guys, so he's at what uh, after his he's only what 27, 28. So yeah, probably. Uh, I think his WAR was around 33. Uh, there's an interesting comparison for him, uh, Eddie Matthews, and uh, that's going to take the old timers back there. When Eddie Matthews was 21, he hit 302 and had 47 bombs. Hmm. Um, pretty remarkable, right? Uh, it, if you look at uh, Harper, uh, his age 22 season, he hit 330 with 42 bombs to win unanimous MVP honors. So that's how he started. Uh, he continues on this path. Uh, I think he's got a great shot. Uh, again, our analytics-based writers now, the younger writers, I think we'll look at that and, and say the consistency would be there. If he can get to 500 career homers uh, and maybe push the war up to in the in the mid sixties. I, I think he's got a great shot playing in a Hall of Fame or not with Jensen Lewis here on Morning Juice. Max Scherzer. Yeah, I love him. Uh, and if you look at the comparisons for what his, uh, you think of Pedro Martinez. Uh, you know, a guy as far as uh, you you would you were thinking he might have a shot uh, if he pay, if he kept pace to get to three hundred wins. He won't do that. Uh, but he's got three Cy Young awards. Uh, from let's see, 2013 to 2019. Here are his Cy Young finishes: first, fifth, fifth, first, first, hmm. second, third. Pedro, <laughs> in the same kind of uh, yearly span, was first, second, first, first. Who was hurt? Second, third, fourth. So wow. he's top five for like it's what eight years straight. Yeah, <laughs> so that's pretty good. Nolan Arenado on the right path for sure. Yeah, um, and and he's now playing in the right spot uh, to to not have the course field argument against him. Uh, a Hall of Famer right now that you could probably uh, look at for his defense. You think of Brooks Robinson yeah. right away. Yep. I mean, just just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, maybe Ron Santo, uh, if you remember him from back mm-hmm. with the Cubs, uh, he was uh, probably a, a comp there. 
And Arenado's almost what he's got. All, he's probably got a forty career WAR right now. So he gets to sixty uh, in that department. I, I think he's a shoe in. Freddie Freeman. Uh, a similar similar mold there. Uh, this will bring uh, warm feelings to Indians fans' hearts. Uh, you think of a comp there with Eddie Murray, uh, and what uh, Eddie was able to do uh, in even in the twilight of his career. Uh, you think about uh, let's see, Eddie had what fifteen hundred RBIs. Um, oh gosh, I, I think he had more. No, than it's that, way more than more yeah. than that. What do you have? Two thousand? You have two thousand RBIs? I don't have it in front of me, but it's, yeah. So, yeah. so if Freeman, let's see, Freeman entering this year, I think it was at four hundred and sixty nine. Uh, let's see, Eddie. Uh, Eddie had he Eddie hit two hundred twenty nine homers from age thirty one on. Hmm. So you look at where Freddie's is now. What he's thirty years old, and he's hit three hundred and four the past five seasons. Uh, if if he can get close to to those numbers, yeah, then then I think he's going to go in. This is a guy I just uh, decided to stick in here. Many time All Star has uh, been plagued by injuries uh, throughout his career, but Buster Posey, <sighs> boy, um, yeah, because he's what? Well, he's won three World Series, right? Yeah, he's won three. So uh, when you think about, I mean, if Yachty's going to go in, and I again, I think Yachty's a shoe in. I think he's a lock. Well, I don't think Posey can be too far behind him just on just on the world championships alone. So, yeah, um, I, I think you can put those two guys in the same boat. All right, we'll wrap this up with uh, uh, a manager, Terry Francona. Yeah, yeah, that's about as uh, easy as uh, as easy as it comes. It's just going to be a, nan- a matter of what's the percentage of votes. You know, does he get uh, more than ninety percent? I'd be hard pressed to see him not. Uh, you're able to to end. Uh, arguably the longest, uh, you know, drought in World Series history in Boston. Uh, you go back and win two. Uh, you know, it takes the Indians to a, a World Series. Uh, I, I think he'll he'll, he'll be a, a very easy uh, lock. It's just a matter of what's the percentage of vote he's going to get. It's funny how things turn out. I can remember Joe Torre, who was awful in St. Louis. Pretty bad in New York with the Mets, and uh, he did get the Bra- the Braves to the playoffs once. But I mean, he was just not even thought of. It he goes to the Yankees and has a obviously a Hall of Fame career. Terry Francona starts out in Philadelphia with some bad teams, four losing seasons. Uh, you don't even know if he's going to get another chance to ma- yeah. manage in the majors, and then and then he does what he does in Boston and Cleveland. Uh, pretty amazing turnaround for that guy. And and by the way. I I could listen to him uh, talk, you know, all day. I he, he's just um not not this boisterous personality or anything, but just he just is a baseball guy, you know. Wealth he just of information. Lives yep. and breathes baseball. Uh story he, time for sure. Yes, absolutely. He's a guy who I imagine for a seven o'clock game is at, at the ballpark at like ten AM. He just Oh yeah. He just lives there. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to talk a little more baseball. We're going to talk about the Reds because uh, before he left yesterday, Bobby said, make sure you ask Jensen this. And we'll tell you what that is next on Morning Juice here on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This report is sponsored by Batteries Plus Bulbs. We do still have an accident on State Route 161 westbound at Little Turtle Way. It's been moved to the shoulder, but it is the left side. So traffic is stop and go from New Albany Road. And there was an accident on the east outer belt southbound between U.S. 33 and Alum Creek. Your right lane is blocked and traffic is a little slow there, but things are really improving. 
At Batteries Plus, they do more than fix phones and tablets. They help their neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store curbside and online to save $10 on Duracell Ultra Car Batteries. For offer details and limitations, visit BatteriesPlus.com. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. What Big dudes, bigger opinions. This is Morning Juice. Mark the Shark and Jensen Lewis on a Wednesday edition of Morning Juice. And uh, the Reds made a trade. Uh, Matt Andrews, who is uh, doing our Sports Center updates today, he's also the voice of uh, OSU women's basketball, OSU baseball, sideline reporter for OSU football. And he said, Shark, ask Jensen about the trade because I got to know about these relievers they picked up. You get 29 year old. Uh, well, this is a, a trade involving the Yankees and the Reds. Luis Sessa from the Yankees, three and one, two point eight two this season. Pretty good job out of the bullpen for New York, and they have struggled there as well. And then yep. you also get Justin Wilson, who has been um, well, pretty bad, seven point five zero ERA. But what what are the Reds getting in Sessa? Uh, so you're getting a guy right now, obviously you see the numbers at 282 and, and almost 30 relief appearances, uh, six years already in the big leagues. He has had some closing experience, a uh, handful of saves, uh, very affordable. Uh, is, uh, I think he's earning just a tad over a million. Uh, so he's got about 400,000 left, uh, for the rest of the season. And he is arbitration eligible, uh, in each of the next two seasons. So a, ref- a an affordable, possible back end reliever for as we know a Reds bullpen that has struggled mightily uh to close games out. So Sessa became expendable when the Yankees acquired Clay Holmes, uh right-handed reliever uh, on Monday in a trade with the Pirates. So uh that was just a a roster flux, also a little bit of a salary dump because they were able to pair Justin Wilson uh, who's got, I think he's also owed about a million for the rest of the year. Now, the way that it goes with him, he's an interesting guy here because uh, the Yankees trying to shed a little bit of payroll uh, in some spots because I think they're setting up for a bigger deal. So a bit easier to kind of trim a little bit of the fat here on the bullpen side to get rid of Sessa and Wilson. So while the Reds uh, probably didn't want to take the money, they will take Sessa, who is controllable. So with Wilson... He's 33. You mentioned the 750 ERA. I believe his contract setup is a $2.3 million player option or a $7 million club option. So obviously, uh, the Reds, uh, if they don't like what they see here in the coming months, they can just decline that and they would pay him a $1.15 million buyout. So, uh, how this all basically shakes out, if, if you want the cliff notes on it, uh, Sessa became expendable when uh, Clay Holmes was acquired by the Yankees. This is primarily a salary dump for them uh, with Wilson attached. And the Reds get an audition here uh, as far as uh, Wilson and, and, and what he is uh, as far as a left-handed reliever in the back end. If they like him, it's not too much for them on a $2.3 million player option if that's what Wilson wants to do. Because let's face it, I don't think he's going to test free agency with that bad uh, of a career of an uh, you know, in ERA this year. Uh, so I think it, that's a, a good idea for the Reds. They're going to get a guy in Sessa who they're going to keep, and they get an audition from Wilson there as a left-handed reliever. Interesting. We, we don't ever talk about, when we talk about buyers and sellers before the trade deadline, we don't ever talk about the Yankees being sellers. 
dollars. But right now they are uh, obviously on the deep outside looking in as far as a wild card berth is concerned. And uh, you know injuries have played into that, but they've they've uh, had some struggles. Uh, with their pitching, uh, Judge is, is back. He, I, at least he was back last night. He's missed, uh, I think, two and a half, three weeks. Stanton just isn't what he was in Miami. It's, for whatever reason, I don't know why that is. But do you think that the Yankees will still be buyers before the yeah, deadline? Do you? I do. I do. And uh, if you're looking at three position players that they could go after, I think uh, you know Joey Gallo makes a lot of sense to offset uh, a lot of their right-handed power, although... Uh, they've struck out uh, so much, you need a guy who can put the ball in play. So that would lend me to believe if you're going the outfield route, I think Starling Marte makes a lot of sense for them. He can play center field. Uh, he can play a corner spot if you need to. But if you're thinking in Yankee Stadium there, he probably slots a lot better into center field. They've been linked to Trevor Story. Um, you know, and again, they're trying to stay under the luxury tax. Uh, they, they're, they are really mindful of that. And even two and a half games out of a wild card slot, I think they feel uh, they may be a, a hitter away uh, from being able to get things back uh, to the way they want. I thought Adam Frazier made a ton of sense for them uh, from a guy who puts the ball in play a lot and gets on base. You put him and LeMayhew at the top of the lineup, uh, you, geez, you're going to have traffic uh, every time they come around. So uh, I think the name's now to circle. If you're uh, if you're thinking where the Yankees now go after uh, trimming a little bit of salary here to be able to afford maybe a bigger prorated contract, uh, Joey Gallo obviously for the left-handed power side, but I think uh, you have to keep in mind uh, Starling Marte and Trevor Story as reinforcements for them offensively. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting race for that final wild card spot in the American League. You look at uh, you have to believe that the Red Sox and Rays are going to both be in. One's going to win the division, the other's going to be a wild card, and then out west you've got. Houston and Oakland, and so the Yankees, uh, they're going to need a, a strong second-half push here. Um, here's the question that Bobby wanted me to ask him. Bobby's, you know, he's uh, he's from this generation, and he loves the drama, and he loves the show-off, the showmanship, the show-offs. He loves the <laughs> Fernando Tatis stand at home plate and watch my homer go 480 feet. Uh, so he wanted me to ask you about Javi Baez. Now, the yeah. other night, we know what Javi did. He, it took him 14 seconds to walk to first base <laughs> yeah. after getting the uh, bases loaded walk-off single. I'm I'm not going to lie, Jensen. I'm not going to pretend like I'm hip and cool and all that. I'm old school. I like the guys who hit the home run, put their head down, and run around the bases. Uh, but what, as a pitcher, what do you think of what Javi Baez did? Uh, here's the thing, um, you know, Amir Garrett has not um, has not been quiet. All right, you know, yes. so if you're going to run your mouth, you better expect that uh, you you may be getting uh, some things in return. And and you also have a guy in Baez who is is very emotional, very out there. Uh, I think you just saw uh, everything kind of come to a head. And again, with the way things have been, there's been bad blood between these two teams for a while now. And, you know, for Javi to do what he did, I mean, it wasn't a homer. No, I think he no. knew he got plenty of it. He got plenty of it. They just needed, you know, a sack fly to, to walk it off. Right. And, and, you know, you just watch his, you watch his outburst. You know, he looks like he's sweeping his bat and he's taking his jersey off before he gets to first base. Um, I've always said as a pitcher, hey, listen, if you hit a if you hit a go ahead homer, a game winning homer off of me, you're 
do whatever you want. First of all, it's my fault for putting the pitch where it was to get hit out. Second of all, uh, that's what you're paid to do, and you won the game. You won the game. So feel free. Feel free to, because if I strike out, if I strike you out with the bases loaded to end the game, you better believe I'm celebrating. Absolutely. That's a major, major deal. So uh, I'm okay. I'm okay with it because what goes around comes around and karma is a huge deal in our game. Uh, the baseball gods are alive and well. If you do not remain humble in certain instances, it is going to come back to bite you, and I think that's what happened with Amir Garrett. Well, and, you know, Javi is one of those guys that uh, we thought he was on the verge of superstardom. At least I did. Um, gosh, he strikes out as much as anybody. He's. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find his stats here this year because they're a little eye-popping. Um, God, where am I? Uh, I want to see what his strikeout total is. Come on, Shark. You can be better than that. <laughs> I was trying to look this up. All right, you looking for we, bias? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 2021. He's uh, he, he's batting 245 this season. 331 at bats. Of course, he never walks. He you know he just he likes to swing at anything up there. And he has well, 65 ribbies and 22 bombs. How many, I'm looking for his strikeouts though. Oh, here we go. 130 strikeouts. In 331 at-bats. This is a guy that uh, I, I kind of think shouldn't be pounding his chest so much. But if you're okay with it as a pitcher, then uh, I'll be okay with it, I guess. Pencil. I think it's just a, it's situationally based for me. you know. And, and if there's been things that have led up to it where you're, you're going to get that kind of reaction, uh, then if, if you haven't been in the trenches there and, and understand... Uh, you know what the deal is, then then I can understand why you've you feeling a little bit different about it. But hey, you won the game. Yeah, feel free to do what you want to do because if Amir Garrett punches you out with the game on the line and that ends it, expect the same in return. Absolutely. All right, coming up, we're going to wrap things up with a look at the daily fan poll. You're listening to Morning Juice on the Fan from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This check of traffic is sponsored by Rumpke Waste and Recycling. There is an accident on State Route 161 Westbound at Little Turtle Way. It's on the left shoulder, and traffic is stop and go from New Albany Road. Also in the east outer belt southbound between U.S. 33 and Alum Creek Drive, your right lane is blocked because of an earlier crash. And you will find I-70 westbound slow between Livingston Avenue and the 71 East Split. Rumpke is hiring CDL driving trainees starting at 19, and you can receive $18 an hour benefits, and Rumpke will pay your CDL costs. New CDL drivers can earn $1,000 to up to $1,300 a week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in the first year. Apply now at RumpkeCareers.com. EOE restrictions apply. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. One of these guys voluntarily ripped off his toenail. I don't have anything else to say. You're listening to Morning Juice. Wrapping things up on a Wednesday. The Daily Fan Poll, sponsored by Riker Kia. Today's Fan Poll, you can vote at 971thefan.com or on our Twitter or Facebook pages. Which sport would you like to see included in the Summer Olympics? So far, Jensen, and we'll run this you know, all day and evening, but... So far, 187 votes. Dodgeball is at 50% of the vote. And then you've got Cornhole at 21%, MMA 17%, 
Slow pitch softball, twelve percent. Just uh, I would say a little bit of an upset there. I think wow. the the most um, the the best possibility is MMA of some someday being. Uh, yeah, those sport. four. I, yeah. I don't think they're going to have cornhole or dodgeball. <laughs> I suppose they could have the slow pitch softball at some point. I don't know, but I I I, I got to admit uh, it would be fun to see a dodgeball tournament in the uh, in the Olympics. I mean, Average Joe's. Average yeah. Joe's, a sponsor of uh, Team USA. There you go. <laughs> Beat, those Beat those Russians. Beat those Russians. All right. Uh, Jensen, the Indians have a quick turnaround after last night's tough loss to the cards. You probably got out of there, what, 11, 15, 11, 30? Something like that. A little quick turn, yeah. quick nap uh, to get, to join you. Yeah, no yeah. big deal, bud. But yeah, let's see One if they can. One o'clock game today, and I'm just curious. Yeah. Uh, you and Al go on at twelve thirty yep. uh, for the pregame. What time will you be heading to the ballpark this morning? I'll probably be. Uh, I'll get a little run in here after uh, after I sign off with you, and then uh, head down there probably around like ten thirty, so we can uh, get her going. The nice thing about the uh, quick turnarounds, we usually work ahead. Uh, knowing if we get a night game turned to a day game. So I uh, got most of the show done here for today. And uh, it's been weird. I was saying that it feels like an NBA schedule where we've had an off day, play a game, off day, play two, have an off day. It's, just, it's unheard of in, in baseball season. I think we just came off a stretch of uh, 30 games in 31 days. Yes, before the so, All-Star break. Yeah, <laughs> It was just like, wow, we need to, we need a break. But uh, the other part of this, though, too, Shark, and again, uh, don't take it for granted that uh, we, we are you know in line to have a full season, uh, especially after last year. This year has flown. I mean, it has flown by. Uh, and, and to know that we're already at the deadline here and we've got the pennant race coming up, uh, it, it really feels like we've blinked and the season is almost over. So good thing to have a full year, uh, anticipating full playoffs. So uh, looking forward to it, and hopefully the Indians can make a charge here at the end. Yeah, I'd like to see them get a win today over the cards. They uh, they won the first meeting uh, back in St. Louis. I think it was 10-1, to 1 and they've lost two straight to them. So we need to uh, split the... The two-game series and split the season series with them today. Great having you here, Jensen, and we'll do it again tomorrow. You got it, buddy. Looking forward to it. Stick around. Bo and James coming up next on Bishop and Laurinaitis. You know Bo. He always loves talking baseball, so uh, you can be sure of that. We are back tomorrow at 6 a.m. This is Morning Juice on The Fan. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. This check of traffic is sponsored by Batteries Plus Bulbs. There is still an accident, 161 westbound at Little Turtle Way. The left shoulder is blocked and traffic is stop and go from New Albany Road. Also in the east outer belt southbound between US 33 to Alum Creek Drive, the right lane is blocked by a crash. And we do have an accident on US 42 southbound at Harriet Road. At Batteries Plus, they do more than fix phones and tablets. They help their neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside, and online for fast and reliable phone and tablet repair. Learn more at BatteriesPlus.com. I'm Heather Pasco for 97.1 The Fan Traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.